Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas. Uh, so today's episode, I'm just going to do uh, interviews I've done previously with past players. I've done three interviews uh, with past players over since pretty much the show has started. I think Troy Makepeace was on quite early, and then I had Lee Harding and Winston Abraham. I know I've got a lot of uh, new listeners, and I thought I'd release an episode where, uh, yeah, I did interviews with them over the course of the months and just talk about their journey and their careers uh, respectively. I found them more fascinating interviews and anyone that grew up in the 90s and the 2000s uh, would remember these players vividly and it's good to share their experience of how football was back then, how their preparation was back then and what they're doing in their lives uh, right now pretty much as well. So, yeah, I won't hold you up too much. Uh, it goes, but all three interviews combined are going to go for close to about two and a half hours. So, yeah, I mean, it's good to... Yeah, you don't have to listen to it all at once, obviously, and you can put the speed up a bit higher, one and a half speed or something like that. If you're prepared to yeah, listen intently, then uh, you can certainly get through a podcast a lot quicker. So anyways, um, yeah, I won't be back at the end of the show. I think I'll finish with Winston Abraham, and that'll be it. I won't uh, do an outro or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'll just... Uh, p- put those interviews on now and yeah i'm sure i'll do another episode in the coming days as well uh yeah so all north supporters enjoy this one i'm joined here by uh former north melbourne player troy makepeace uh so troy tell me about where you grew up and where you played your junior footy so um thanks for having me dean firstly uh, no, yeah no. i actually grew up in in melbourne um played junior footy at a club called Parkmore Junior Football Club, which is um, not up and running anymore. And then oh. we moved up to Gippsland um, and played uh, more junior footy at Churchill, oh. little country town in Latrobe Valley, and eventually played uh, Gippsland Power. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, did you did you play with uh, any players that um, yeah went on to have good AFL careers or anything like that? Or? Um, I not. Oh, so directly a um, player called John Hines, who ended up playing for Carlton. Okay, okay. Uh, Quinn, both of them come out of um, out of Parkmore Football Club. Oh, yeah. um, you put me on the spot a little bit here. <laughs> Sorry, uh, mate. <laughs> other players, actually, players of note to come out of, I'm not saying they're not of note, but um, players that more uh, people would uh, recognise would be um, David Neitz for Melbourne. Um, not bad. John Giorgio um, played for St Kilda. Uh, Jason Daniels oh, okay. played for Sydney and St Kilda. Um, they all come from Parkmore as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, so obviously a good football club. Well, back when they were, yeah, when they were going, I suppose. So yeah, produced some good young players there by sounds of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So who are some of your idols growing up? Like posters of players you had on the bedroom wall. Uh, Mike Payne. A few Kangaroo supporters to hear this, but I was an Essendon supporter growing up. All right, so we're going to interview now. So yeah, thanks for having. Me. No, that's all right. Keep <laughs> yeah. So um, I I don't know why, but uh, Gary Folds um, for Essendon, um, okay. and then prior to uh, playing at North, I was a big um, Gavin Wanganeen fan, um, Gary O'Donnell fan. Okay. Uh, Jay Cockatoo Collins, sort of through the early nineties there. So. Oh, yeah, nice. the, the baby bombers were were pretty good to watch. 
Yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah, early nineties especially. Yeah, all those players coming through then. Yeah, no, yeah, they certainly are good uh, role models for you. So, how did you end up getting to North Melbourne? Um, I wasn't I wasn't drafted from Gippsland Power, so I went and played um, senior footy at Mowie yep. uh, in Latrobe Valley in the Gippsland. Well, back then it was Latrobe Valley Football League, um, and then I was. Fortunate enough to play some representative footy. Um, this was back when they had, uh, you know, the number one league used to play the number two league um, yep. and all that sort of thing. Um, and I played against uh, – I represented Latrobe Valley Footy League, played against Geelong Footy League. Oh, okay. Um, and I did okay there. Um, yep. And then at the end of the season, uh, I was actually at work and got home. My sister was met me at the back door and said, um, there's a – uh, North Melbourne, Neville Stibbard from North Melbourne called for you, um, wants to have a chat. So I had a chat with Nev and he invited me down to do pre-season. Um, this was back when the rookie list was first yep. introduced. So it was sort of a transition between a supplementary list and rookie list. Yeah. I didn't I, – I went down and did pre-season. I didn't get put on the rookie list um, yep. but was asked to hang around um, and signed a, a, on a supplementary list. Um, so I just played reserves all year for North Melbourne reserves, um, and then yeah, went, uh, played good enough footy. Um, I actually won the best and fairest in the reserves uh, oh, in that season, in the '99 season. Um, got drafted at the end of that year. Okay, you went from memory. I can't remember exactly, but you went one of the last picks, was it? Eighty-one. Uh, yeah, one of the last ones anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's yeah, that's actually a really good story. So yeah, no, you did did well. Um, which players took you under their wing when you first came to the club? Obviously, you wouldn't have reserves. So yeah, so David King was um uh, very good with um bringing in bringing in the uh, younger guys under his wing and and sort of uh, helping them out find their feet. Um. Brent Harvey was another yeah. one. Um, you know, the, the I guess you could say the usual suspects like you know, uh, Glenn Archer and Anthony Stevens were were everyone was really just fantastic with the young blokes. Yeah, and um, made it you know very comfortable um, to be to be able to train and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, it was all sort of one team and there was never really you know I'm a, I'm the seniors and and you're the reserves. It was all one team, so it was fantastic. Yeah, but definitely um, David King. So. Um, you know, he was number 34. I, I ended up getting number 35. So we were uh, locker neighbours for, for quite a while. Um, turned out to be um, roommates on uh, interstate trips as well. Um, so, yeah, he was one that I certainly looked up to for guidance. Oh, no, very nice. Because um, when you first came to this team, you, you were, and you would have been playing reserves, you were more of a midfielder? Yeah, so I got... Um, I played a lot of my footy on the wing, um, wing midfield. Um, I didn't have the the body shape, I guess. You know, I wasn't. I was pretty lean um, when I first come down, so not to be a. I wasn't really sort of that inside midfielder. Um, I was more wing, okay. half forward. Um, yeah, so to go to a backline uh, was a, uh, something I wasn't used to, but yeah, something I, I grew to love. How did, how did you end up in the um, back pocket? Obviously, Dennis Pagan was still coach back then, and he would have said something. How did, how did that all uh, unfold? Yeah, it was it was interesting. It's sort of 
things I think just sort of fell into place for me. Um, you know, Byron Pickett was pretty much the, the the mainstay in sort of the back pocket, taking the dangerous small forwards um, yeah. in the, in the seniors. And I, don't, I, don't know, I think because he was so good at that at his game and and reading the play and things like that, I think from memory, opposition teams started to work him out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we're able to go through his opponent. And um, and then also there was an opportunity for, for Byron to, to go up forward and be that, that. Uh, yeah. running small forward, goal-kicking forward, um, pressure forward. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think my transition to go to a back line was maybe maybe just to fill a hole like, or fill that, that role there down back. Um, and then, yeah, things worked out for me from there. I... I Managed to put together a couple of a uh, couple of good games and um, sort of relish the challenge of, of taking a dangerous small forward and uh, yeah. and set myself for that each week. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of like back in your day, like um, not that it was that long ago, but yeah, there was a lot of um, specialist forward pockets, weren't there? Like you got uh, Philip Matera, which you would have played yeah. on a few times, um, Eddie Betts as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, did, do you think opposition teams try to? Isolate you a bit too, being a like. I mean, you're about 170, 174 centimeters. Was it or? 170, 175, I'll take that extra centimeter. But, um, <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, who I sort of picked up as well. Um, there were definitely times there where I found myself sort of one out in the goal square. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I wasn't sort of blessed with, I'm, I'm not sort of lightning quick. No, I wasn't. I think I was, I was quick enough to be able to, to do my job. Um, but I definitely, you know, in terms of sort of Phil Matera, um, Jeff Farmer, yeah, um, you know, uh, Shay Cockatoo Collins, I played on uh, once. You know, these yeah. guys are, are super. Aaron Davy, they're super quick yeah. Um, yeah. players. Uh, certainly, I never had the speed to go with it. Um, yeah. my, my challenge was sort of how to how to deal with that, and and that's sort of my prep uh, preparation was based around you know how to how to beat the speed, I guess. Yeah, did you have to like? Obviously, they would have told you early in the week who you're playing on, so you had to. Did you? Do much research and think. Oh, obviously, I can't go, you know, like uh, with pace with him. So I have to, you know, be a bit smarter here, or yeah, or him into uncomfortable situations or anything like that. Uh, for sure, yeah. Um, that was my, uh, I guess, what I had to see as one of my biggest assets was try and um, break down how a small forward plays, how they get their goals. You know, are they a, a, a flying small forward or are they a crumbing small forward? Do they get up high up the ground? Yeah. Uh, all that sort of thing. And, again, it sort of comes back to a particular player that I was playing on, um, mm. how they structure up their forward line. So there's a lot of work done with my defensive coach um, one yeah. as a defensive group. So, yeah, in terms of preparation, um, pretty much from – Monday night, Tuesday, I'll have an idea of a group of players that I potentially play on, and then I'll go through their videos and sort of break down and analyse how they get their footy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, even uh, thorough 
probably even more now. But yeah, even looking back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you show you see how much uh, they put into preparation as well. Like it uh, hasn't changed too much, obviously. Like obviously, VHS was back then, so you'd watch a few videotapes and try and yeah, work out uh, yeah, the best. Was and rewind and yeah, or digitalized and click on a player and um, yeah, involvement without having to rewind through the through the thing. I think in terms of preparation, I think it it, it has got a, a lot more, but not too much. I think just the players can get their information these days is so much better. Yeah, and I think another thing these days, I think a lot more is put into recovery. As well, you know, like uh, with the ice baths, and I'm, I'm sure you would have gone to the beaches as well on the, the following day, and yes, yeah, stood in front of a 13 degree, you know, Williamstown Bay and stuff like that. So yeah, but uh, there seems yeah. to be a lot more effort into like uh, recovery these days as well. Especially teams, um, I've got, I feel like they've got older players, like you know, in their 30s, and yeah, they put a lot more time and effort into recovery, and yeah, yeah, so. it's a lot of, you know, the yeah. recovery side. Uh, Stuff was just just coming in when I was uh, while I was playing, you know, um, uh, all that sort of stuff was something that was just getting in. GPS tracking was getting introduced, all that sort of stuff. So the science yeah. in terms of the detail and uh, technology and information and what you can get out of it now is uh, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, hundred percent. So, who are some of your toughest opponents? Like you already named a few. If you could name uh, two or three, who were the really hard ones that you thought, "Oh, geez, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a tough one today." Yeah, the first one that comes to mind is um, uh, Phil Matera. Yeah, uh, he's just. I've never played on someone that can run as fast in a turning circle as what he can in a straight line. Yeah, um, like his agility is. Um, is amazing. Uh, his ability at ground level was um, second to none. Um, he gave me a bit of a touch up uh, in one game. I think he kicked about six goals or something on me. And but you know he'd be the first one to smile and shake your hand after the game and say you know good game, thanks for that. And, you know it was a good challenge and, and sort yeah. of very uh, very humble. Uh, yeah. Stephen Milne was was a tough one. Um, yeah. Jeff Farmer. Jeff Farmer was a I really enjoyed playing on 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 Jeff Farmer. Um, just the challenge that he presented. Um, just never never really gives up uh, the whole yeah. game. Um, Ronnie Burns from Geelong was another uh, good one I enjoyed playing against as well. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, when you talk about it, a lot of good small fours back in the day, weren't they? So and you you've just touched a few there. So. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you obviously talked about Aaron Davies, Welsh, Shay Cockatoo, Collins. Like, yeah, you know, these weren't any mugs. There weren't many uh, easy opponents for you by the sounds of it, anyway. No, and and you can cross every position, and you're going to get fantastic players. Um, yeah. yeah, actually, one that I uh, come to mind there was um, early days. Uh, Gary Ablett Jr., um, oh, yeah. uh, Paul, Paul Chapman. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm sort of uh, saw start, and yeah, he just went uh, skyrocket. We all know what he's done since then. He was um, a phenomenal player. Yeah, I, yeah, had a had a decent career from all reports. So yeah, yeah. So who are some of <laughs> the best players you played with, like as far as teammates? Um, oh, the, the obvious one would be um, Wayne Carey. Um, yep. 
in terms of just what he can do to a game. Uh, um, uh, Anthony Stevens, Glenn Archer, uh, John Blakey was one of the most uh, professional um, yeah. players I've ever ever played with. Yeah. Um, Lee Cole, yeah. one of the most amazing people you'll ever meet in your life, um, yeah. both on and off the field. Um, yeah. You know, obviously mentioned you know, uh, David King, Brady Rawlings, Brent Harvey. Um, yeah. It's fantastic players. Yeah, yeah, hundred. Oh, well, I mean, you look back on it like those, um, you know, six, seven years you played at the club. But like we, we had a lot of success. I mean, we had a lot of top four finishes and prelim finals. So yeah, you weren't playing with any mugs or anything like that. So yeah, no. I mean, you, you've named a few, and yeah, there's probably plenty, plenty more that you're missing too, probably as well. Yeah, so yeah. it was a great club to be involved, be involved with, yeah. and still is. Yeah, a hundred percent. So how was uh, Dennis as a coach to you? Um, I grew a lot under Dennis. Um, you know, I think you had to. <laughs> yeah, he was, you know, your traditional old school coach. Um, you know, what you see is what you get. Um, and you, you certainly knew where you stood with him. Um, yeah. and he called it as it is. And I, that worked for me. Um, yeah. I knew that if I just did my job, my work, um, did my job, you know, that was okay, you know. Um, hmm. There was no expectation from him to be the best player or anything like that. It was just everyone played their role. You do your job uh, and we all get the results. So I grew yeah, a hell yeah. of a lot, learned a lot from him in terms of, um, you know, <laughs> being an adult, I guess. Um, yeah. And, yeah, he, I wouldn't have played um, certainly the amount of games that I played. Yeah, yeah, no, that's um, yeah, it was a uh, very straight down the line approach. He uh, he didn't muck around too much, did he? So, uh, and he's probably gone down as one of our best ever coaches too. So, oh, well, he's probably his best ever coach, really. Yeah, what about uh, Dean Laidley? How'd you go under under him? Um, yeah, early days I thought I did okay. You know, similar thing. I had the same same sort of approach. You know, do your job. Um, he was uh, he was a lot more. He was one of the more prepared coaches. Uh, yeah. Um, in terms of you know, if this happens and that happens, then we're going to do this, and if that happens, then this happens. We're going to do this, um, and that that worked uh, to a certain degree. Um, I, you know, uh, I felt at times I was sort of uh, restricted a little bit in terms of playing the way that I felt I needed to play to do my role. Um, to, to beat my opponent, that sort of didn't work um, with him, and you know, sort of over a period of time, that sort of obviously went not the way that I wanted. Um, yeah. And yeah. yeah, in the end, you know, you get sort of delisted, and and you move on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll talk more about that soon. Obviously, um, was there uh, any big sprays that you remember from those coaches that you cop that you still remember to this day? Oh, um, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, I'm not one that suffered from you know concussion or anything like that, but I've got very, very bad memory when it comes to to games and things that happened in games and things like that. You know, I can remember bits and pieces, but I couldn't tell you what year, what round, you know, whether we won or lost or things like that. You know, um, one that comes to mind uh, was 
we had a pretty bad game and I was told with a, a group of we had to take our jumpers off because we didn't represent the jumper very well that day and, and sort of em- embarrassed um, ourselves. And, yeah, that's sort of – it was very humbling, uh, embarrassing. Um, yeah, but that – yeah, uh, pretty pretty big in terms of not so much a spray, like, a, you know, copping a, a barrage, but, yeah, to, to be told, you know, you sort of embarrassed the jumper wasn't very nice. You went um, – I'm just thinking of one because I've – like I read uh, Brent Harvey's book a, a year or two ago. You weren't there when uh, Daniel Harris copped that uh, famous spray, were you? Oh, well, I could have. Like I said, I, I couldn't tell you when it was. Or... Well, something similar to the words you just said, but he went up to Daniel Harris and pretty much told him uh, to pack his locker up and never play for the club again. That's what uh, I remember him saying or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, but... I remember I remember that quote, but I, I can't remember. I don't recall that happening it, or me being there when it um, like I said, it may have, but yeah, my memory uh, is pretty ordinary. Yeah, that's all right, mate. That's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's uh, best to not live <laughs> in the past, anyways. Sometimes, but uh, it's good to reflect on your career, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, sometimes I even forget the good stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, well, just remember, you still got four kids and a wife, so yeah, as long as you remember yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah you'll be yeah. right. Did you did you model your game around anyone in, or any play in particular? Because you seem to back yourself. In a lot and have confidence in yourself to do it. Like you, you used to, you know, run a dash out of the back line, and you know, yeah, yeah. Um, not, not anyone in particular. I think um, because I wasn't uh, used to playing that when I first uh, was put in that role. Uh, I, role as such, you know, coming through through the ranks, um, and it wasn't until I sort of got put in that position. Um, you, you look at how other players approach, you know, players and things like that. And the, f- the first one that comes to mind is is Byron Pickett. Um, why was he so good at playing that role um, in yeah. his uh, early early years of playing as a as a back pocket? Um, and it was his ability to, I think it was his ability to read the play um, and pick off, you know, passes inside 50 rather than trying to, to beat his opponent at ground level. Um, his ability to – he was more like um, the way he saw it was the best way to beat his opponent was if I've got the ball in my hands, then he doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I took I took that that on board. Um, yeah, and then other players from other teams, how they play that role. Um, Gavin Wanganin, like I said. Yeah. He was uh, one of the best at it. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, I think it was his ability just to back himself and, and you know, cut off, um, you know, forward passes. You know, to lead him forward rather than um, stay down on his opponent. That was yeah. one thing I took out of how good back pocket players beat their opponents. So I just tried to use my ability to read the play um, yeah. and get my hands on the ball before they did. Yeah, I mean, one thing that is underrated, I feel about part of your game. I think you were very courageous as well, and you you probably won't admit it, but yeah, you, know, you as far like you, yeah, we all talk about Glenn Archer, Lee Colwood, how courageous they were, but you wouldn't have been far behind them. Like you were, you, I, I watched, I grew, grew up watching you, and you, you used to back back into the packs with the ball high in the air. Is that something you just taught yourself? Like, just to, you know, if if you, I'm, I just keep my eye on the ball and I want to get to it first. Yeah, look, I appreciate that because I think. Um... You know, that's uh, something I try to portray or try to do uh, on a regular basis. Um, but I think 
that's one of the one of the things I learned from Dennis Pagan. When it's your turn to go, you got to go. And yeah. you, um, if you're going to play that role of of um, you got to be prepared to stand in front of some some forwards that are going to be leading out pretty hard and a lot bigger than I am. Yeah. Um, just, just, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, I mean what just said, you're, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's. I was just saying. I just wasn't tall enough to you know. Yeah. Cut and pack marks and things like that. But yeah, I pick. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, you're you're a lot smaller than those blokes that were courageous as well. So full credit to you for, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely one of the more underrated parts of your game, and well, probably, you know, people wouldn't see that a lot either. So yeah, I, I definitely remember that going to a lot of games. So what are some of your um, career highlights? Looking back now, um, oh. I think to, to be able to play 100 games at an AFL level um, was a big highlight. Yeah, um, I think uh, I was I was pretty proud of the fact that I was pretty um, consistent in yeah. terms of I didn't I didn't miss many um, many games through injury. Yeah, uh, and when I was in, um, I pretty much stayed in uh, right up until 2006 um, when I was sort of in and out the seniors. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I had a stress fracture in my foot, uh, oh. two thousand and one or two thousand two. Missed five games, but apart from that, I didn't really, I didn't miss a game um, oh, okay. for yeah. for injury. Yeah, I missed a couple of games for family reasons, but yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, you might have said uh, the Port Adelaide game in Canberra, was it, where you kicked the winning goal? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, that's a highlight. Yeah. Um. My the the game that comes to mind uh, for me, Brisbane um, again I couldn't remember what year yeah or what round or anything I know it was away to Brisbane and we had a bit of a stinker the week before um, coach comes in with a, a sheets of paper with the positions on it and basically you pick your team who you think is going to be able to beat Brisbane every player did that. Um, and I, I set myself a task to, to play on um, uh, Ash McGrath in oh, Brisbane yeah. at the time. Yeah. He kicked six goals a week before, and I, I said, you know, if I was to play, I want to play on him, um, set myself a goal to, to play on him, and I, I had probably one of the best – well, I, I regard that as one of the best games I've played in my career, so that one comes to mind. The Port Adelaide game, I had a yeah, bit of a nightmare game early. I was dragged. In the first okay. half, um, pretty much most of the last quarter, I was on the bench and then came on and, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, something just clicked in the last quarter and yeah, everything worked out really well. Yeah, I mean, you, you, hit, you uh, did that pinpoint pass to Savrocca straight on his uh, tit that uh, got us in front and Kane yeah. Corns put us back in front and then you just uh, thought you'd take it upon yourself and go for a run down the wing. You had about four players in front of you screaming for it, but uh, you ignored yeah. them and just decided to do it yourself. So that was good. I think was one. I think um, Shannon Grant was another one. Yeah, just ignore them. They can't kick really? goals, can they? No, I don't think so. I, don't I can't remember much about them, to be honest with you. I only remember yeah. that. This podcast is all about you, so talk yourself up as much as you can. So don't worry about them. I'm going to talk someone else up if I can. Is in re- um, every time um, someone points out that um, that replay to me, I can't take my eyes off Daniel Harris's handball. 
Um, yeah. He was very underrated at that still, though, wasn't he? Like, he was great with his He team. was maybe the best I've seen below his knees uh, in an in-close situation and, and out. But, yeah, I, that handball he did was um, in and out of his hands very quickly and I didn't have to break stride. Um, and, you know, I was sort of at right angles to him as well, so it wasn't a straightforward handball. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I just look at that handball go, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think because um, I think it's on YouTube that um, highlight that the last five minutes. So I recommend any North supporters to go watch that and just remember that um, – just look for that Daniel Harris handball because that pretty much summed up his career. He was very good with his hands. A very It's a very underrated play, really, when we talk Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we talked before about some of the great players he played with, and I'm sure he's – Right up there with with one of them too. So yeah, no, he was he was a very good player. So you played in um, the international rules series in two thousand and five. What was that like to play with some of the game's greats? Um, yeah, that that's a massive highlight. One of the, one of the greatest experiences I've ever been involved in. Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty pretty lucky to to get in the team. Uh, I think quite a few players have pulled out through injuries and and whatnot. Um, you know, to the point I, I got a phone call. Again, memory's terrible. Couldn't remember who the <laughs> phone call was from. Um, I think it was Rod Austin. Okay, yep. Um, and I actually thought it was someone playing a joke on me. Um, oh. <laughs> they, said, they said, you know, well, you know, would you be interested in playing in the international rules if, um, you know, we're just finalising our squad um, at this stage? Fine. Would you be interested if the opportunity came up? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he's yeah. like, you know, you're going to Perth in three weeks and you're going to have training and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. I actually <laughs> rang Ben Harvey and said, I've actually got a phone call from Rod Austin or someone that said that they're Rod Austin. I don't no. believe him. I think someone's playing a joke on me because it was just after the season finished and, you know, a bit of not. Yeah. So yeah, I had to take a bit of convincing. Um, yeah. yeah but in the end, it was, ah, uh, it was, Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, no, it would have been. Yeah, no, it would have been good. You probably would have learned a bit too, and uh, how players prepare and all that sort of thing. And so, and you would have seen some things on the training ground too from certain individuals as well. So, yeah, I think um, that was a game where um, Chris Johnson went nuts at at Etihad Stadium. Yeah, um, tried to knock a few heads off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was sitting on the interchange at that stage. It was right in front of us. It was. Um, Chris Johnson, um, Andrew McLeod, two of the nicest, most humble blokes I've, I've ever had the opportunity to meet from opposition clubs. Um, they, were, oh. they were fantastic. Oh, oh that's, that's good. Um, do you like, um, like, well, on the subject, is keep in touch with many players now like that you consider good friends that you might just send a text message or catch up for a beer every now and then or something like that? From Gippsland, uh, you're sort of out of that. Loop yeah. in terms of you know you're not you know 15 minutes or 20 minutes yeah. for a coffee and, and things like that. Um, but I'm very close mates with uh, Digby Morell uh, and his oh, wife nice. um, Amanda uh, Adam Lang, his wife oh, yeah. Kim, and then we still um, you know we go camping and with things like that um, when we can. Yeah. Um, Lee Harding, I, I still stay in touch with. A little bit. Uh, he's up in Queensland. Uh, yeah, he's Hardy, right. Harding. Every now and then, yeah. Yeah, Lee Harding. He's got a. What's he got? Uh, some. Yeah, he's got some role with football or something. I, I was saying yeah, it the he, other day. Yeah, he was. Because he was uh, a assistant for a while too, wasn't he? So. 
Yeah, he was with the Brisbane Lions. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he is in some role, Brisbane AFL, possibly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was, uh, he was a good, uh, wasn't a bad player, the old turtle. So, had a bit of pay. He was very good, very quick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he actually uh, transitioned into the back line. Um, he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, better not make us too much about Lee Hardy. So yeah, we'll get back yeah. back to your career anyway. So things are going pretty well. Obviously, you played international rules uh, in your career, and in two thousand six, it's pretty much all changes. So what do you think happened? I I don't know to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, I look back now, and I was, maybe did I. Did I get too complacent, you know, with where I was at? Um, you know, did I take things for granted a little bit? I don't think I did. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did anything really yeah. uh, over pre-season. Um, I guess, you know, hindsight, I can look back and go, I didn't do anything more either, though. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I sort of – maybe I just sort of floated along thinking everything was going to be okay. Um which I I think I still had the ability to play, um, yeah. in yeah, in definitely. the senior team, but yeah, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, um, because did, you, did they move you up the ground a bit in two thousand and six? Like when you did actually get in the team, or did they yeah, keep you in the back I, line? No, I got thrown around a little bit. Um, then because yeah, you, through... you your possessions went up like uh, per average from two thousand and five to two thousand and six, they went up like. <laughs> From about fourteen to seventeen or something like that. I can't remember exactly. I had it before. Um, so I was wondering if they maybe pushed you up on onto the wing or into the in, into the midfield, but obviously they didn't. Yeah, um, I think they did. did, they any, did. Yeah, sorry, uh, you didn't get any messages from coaches on things you had to work on to because obviously you're in and out of the team. You know, you played twelve games as opposed to twenty three the year before. Yeah. Um, they didn't give you any messages like uh, this is what you got to work on, then you'll get back in or. Um, there was there was a uh, there was a few times where I they felt like I wasn't um, being defensive enough. Okay. Uh, I was being too almost being too attacking. Wasn't paying my opponent respect. Um, okay. You know, um, which I go back to what I, I was talking about before. Um, I sort of my base my game on ability to read. Uh, read the opposition, read the ball movement, um, yeah. and then, yeah, sometimes it didn't work out. I didn't think that I was um, being disrespectful for my opponent. I didn't think yeah. that I was trying um, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, sorry, because um, I was yeah, like even thinking about it because I, I always seen you every game you played in the back line. Oh, yeah, you stay tight in your opponent, and then when you got the ball, you ran off like you know. You, when we had the ball, you, you sort of took off, and yeah, because you, you wanted to have still have that attacking element to your game, like where you got to create from the back half. Like a lot of teams base their football on transition football these days. So yeah, yeah you know, I'm a bit surprised by that. So yeah, obviously that's come from Dean Laidley. Uh, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, he obviously didn't tell you anything. So no, I was. I, was, I think. I was just told more just to you know, not fly for marks and stay down and beat my opponent. Yeah. That, it's, yeah, that's not how I sort of played, but... 
no, no. In terms of anything specific, I can't really recall anything specifically like, you know, um, you're terrible at this or you're terrible at that. Um, yeah. You know, you, you're not going to get back in or anything like that. Um, yeah. Like I yeah. said, I, I thought my numbers were okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it is what it is. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely – I mean, how hard was it to take being delisted at the end of the season, like 2006? I mean, you're 27, still – Probably at the peak of your AFL career, really, for most players. Like you, you obviously become a lot smarter, read the game well. You know, you, you physically, you've done you know a few pre-seasons as well. So yeah, I mean, how hard is it to take that? So it was it was pretty difficult. Um, obviously, at the end of each season, you sit down with the coaches on the Monday or the Tuesday. Yeah, um, coaches or coach. Um, you know, and have sort of a end of season what they call exit interview or end of season yeah. interview. Um, yeah. And then at the end of that season, I was I was told, um, you know, that there was players in front of me in my position, um, which I understood, um, respected the honesty in that. Um, yeah. There was players in front of me in that position. Um, you know, if I wanted to get back in the senior team, I'd have to get fit and try and get into the midfield. Um, no. So there was no sort of inkling of, um, we don't see you. We don't see where you sit on the list or anything like that. Um, there was nothing like that. Yeah. So yeah. I went away and and trained three days a week with the fitness coach uh, at North Melbourne uh, in the off season, um, trying to prepare myself to come back to preseason. I sort of had a bit of a wake up call, I guess, um, and then you know tried to prepare myself to come back as fit as possible. Yeah. Um, we did a time trial um, in the middle middle of the break. Um, and I actually run one of the better time trials um, I've done in my first uh, first week back in each no. preseason. That's the first best one I've done, so I felt pretty good about myself. And then, um, yeah, a few weeks later, get to hold a you know it was, uh, with my manager. You know, hadn't signed a contract. You know, what's going on? Yeah, when's it happening? And he's like, <laughs> I don't think it's happening. We're trying to get you somewhere else. Oh, wow. It's like yeah, okay, it's like that. So yeah, it was a it was a big shock. Um, I was pretty pissed off in the end, and um, yeah, yeah. tried to get somewhere else. I thought it was too, you know. I uh, thought they told me too late. Um, didn't give me enough time to sort of try and sell myself to other clubs, and every every other club sort of had their list set, and you know, uh, and that was it. Yeah, so I mean, had a few beers yeah. and <laughs> did nothing for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, which is understandable, I suppose. You you tend to, you know, I mean, things are taken away from you like that, like without really much notice. It's it would be a bit of pill to swallow, that's for sure. Um, so was the manager like um, in constant contact with you about possibly a contract? Like, was there any communication? Like, yeah, I mean, obviously you told a few weeks later. Was it like, did, did you try and you know push it like earlier or anything like that? No, I. I guess that's what um, I touched on earlier. That's for maybe I was a bit naive or yeah. or something like that. But I guess I I had no inkling that it was going to turn out the way that it did. So to me, I felt at the time that I didn't I didn't feel like I needed to push for a contract. Um, yeah. I thought I guess, and that's where I say you know was I was I naive and. You know, thinking that everything was just going to roll over and maybe sign another two-year contract and, and everything will carry on yeah. from there. But um, I think possibly the manager was just as shocked as what I am or what I right. was. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, in the end, you know, we're sort of scrambling to try and find out what's going on. And, 
yeah, like I said, you know, if, if I had have known at that interview that straight after the season, you know, oh, we're not sure where you stand on our list and things like that, you know, try and trade you or or mm-hmm. not, you know, then maybe I could go to other clubs and sort of put my case forward to coaches and whatnot. And um, yeah. Yeah, that that's what sort of annoyed me the most. So I wasn't given that opportunity. And, and that's why I look at, you know, um, you, you may want to talk about this a bit later on, but, you know, you touch on uh, guys like Trent Dumont, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. More, more so than um, Sean Attlee, um, but Trent, um, 27, yeah. I just hope, I just hope, and this is for other clubs as well. I just hope clubs had given them the opportunity to let them know where they stand and say if there's potential that you may not be on the list and, and at least give them the opportunity to go and talk to other clubs and, and see see where it stands. And I just hope they hadn't left it to the end and go, yeah. okay, we couldn't trade for you, um, you know, but we don't have a list spot for you. Thanks for your time, you know. Yeah. But maybe yeah. it's just the way it goes. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Trent Dumont's actually probably a good comparison for you. I mean, as far as I know, like this is weeks ago that leading up to the trade period that he was pretty much going to go to Adelaide, like either Port Adelaide or the Crows. And I'm not too sure what's happened here, whether they think, um, yeah, look, things have changed or they think they can get him in the pre, you know, like um, the pre-season draft or something, or the Crows might get him there. Um, yeah. yeah, so and I'm a bit like I was probably, like I spoke to, uh, someone, uh, Rick, uh, like a, who does his own blog for North Melbourne the other day, who, who knows the list pretty well. And I spoke to him the other day and he sort of, um, yeah, he said, look, it's, you know, yeah, 12 months ago, he was, he was touted as, um, you know, almost a future captain. And now it's all, and he's, he's a player that played every week this week. So, yeah, like every, 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 uh, this year, I should say. So he played it every game. Um, didn't look like he lost much, but now he's just he's he's clinging for life with it to find a football club. So yeah, no. yeah, so, yeah. That's probably a really good comparison for you, actually, at the moment. So yeah, I hope it works yeah. out for him. Absolutely, I hope it does too. Yeah, uh, I think he's a very good player. Um, uh, for all those reasons you just you just mentioned, and I look at you know, um, players happens to in other clubs as well, and sort of. And go, yeah, I know how you feel, I know how you feel, I know how you feel, it's shit. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah but, so that's what I mean. Maybe that's just the, the industry we live in where where that's just what happens in, to some people and that's just unfortunately uh, comes with the territory. Yeah, I, I th- it's pretty cutthroat, isn't it, when you when you sort of think about it. I don't think, uh, like we all look from the outside, like as supporters and think, oh, well, he got delisted, he got delisted, but these are people's livelihoods as well. Like someone like Sean Attlee, who's played, yeah. you know, 234 games for the club at 28 years old and told he's not getting a new contract. It's probably easy you know, realistically think about it. And it's, yeah. it's all been taken away from him in the last few weeks, really, because he was getting a regular game there for a while and couldn't get, you know, fell out of favour because, you know, another player took his spot, probably similar to you. And, yeah, yeah so Kane Turner probably took his spot and that was, you know, you told, oh, well, you know, that's it. Thanks, thanks, but no thanks sort of thing. So... Yeah. Uh, speaking of consistency, what did he play? Two hundred and thirty-four of a possible two forty something. Yeah, well, he's um in the last what was it? Uh, Gary Bacanara said he's played the most games, home and away games in the last. I yeah, don't know since two thousand twelve. I saw. That yeah, 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 last ten years or something like that, and yeah, two hundred and ten games. So yeah, I, I mean, he, you would have seen all the Twitter comments. Like he's 
he's a bit of a whipping boy. Like when we're when we're struggling, he seems to cop a bit of abuse. But you know, look, you, you don't play two hundred and thirty four games of, of AFL football without, without actually having a bit of um, talent and no. actually having some good games in there. So. No, yeah. absolutely. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I understand, you know, support frustrations. I'd probably cause their frustrations just as much as anyone else. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I understand where they're coming from. But, yeah, like you said, you don't play 230 games um, being, a, being a nobody and being something that doesn't contribute uh, to the team. He, he was he was a fantastic player for us. And I think, you know, it's very easy to forget all the good games that he's played, you know, just because he, um, yeah, okay, he's turned the, turned the ball over a few times um, uh, this year. And, you know, um, and maybe yeah. maybe the last few years, I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I did notice it this year, absolutely. But, you know, yeah. to, to base or to judge someone um, solely on the, the last year of a, such a stellar career that he's had, uh, it would, would be pretty pretty disappointing if you're going to base you know your your opinions on on that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, look, hopefully um, he's got something else set up in the you know post AFL career. I suppose. I mean, you, you sometimes got to go in knowing that uh, football can is only going to be a short part of your life. Maybe you don't know that when you're actually playing it. You think you might be playing AFL forever or something like that. I'm not too sure how you felt when you were playing that. You probably thought, well, I'll be I play footy till I'm 32, 33, and then call it a day on my terms. But more often than yeah. not, it's not going to work out like that, is it? Nah, uh, early days, definitely not. You know, I remember playing my first and, and thinking and telling people, um, you know, I could not play one more game of AFL football, and I, I'd be uh, absolutely satisfied to say that, you know, uh, yeah. 30 years down the track, I could say I played a game of footy. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but then, you know, you, you, you're and, you know, you, yeah. you Feel like consistent. Your your body's healthy, and you know, yeah, definitely. I did. I, I would have thought like Sean Attlee think over two hundred games, but um, yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah, it didn't work out like that. But still, like, I mean, you look back and you must think oh, I still had a very good career, and oh, no, yeah. I've got no regrets. No, yeah, um, you know, to to be able to say that I've played a hundred and thirty nine games, and um, you know, like you you talk about the players I've played with. Players I've played against, uh, the things that I've seen, you know, um, the places I've been to, um, it's yeah, I've got no regrets whatsoever. Disappointed, yeah, but yeah, no regrets. Yeah, no, that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, you're still a big part of uh, the history of the club. Like not many, not many players have played over 100 games of AFL football and played finals and played an international world series. So you definitely. Yeah, you can't. Um, yeah, you, you can only look back fondly anyway. Put it this way. Yeah, I've so. got the name on that locker for for life now. So that, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm proud of. Yeah, and yeah, you know, even on Twitter, you see all your followers. They know they know who you are, and they, they would have uh, recognised you playing. playing yeah, you know, only fifteen years ago, really. So, yeah, wasn't that long ago? Now, though, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look a bit different these days, I know. So, so it's nothing wrong with that. So. Yeah, no, talking about you were one of the first players I can remember. Like every man and his dog's pretty much got a tattoo now. But you were the, one of the first players I remember having a having a tattoo when you were playing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Um, yeah, I guess. Second. No, it was very different back then. Like uh, not many players had it. Like whereas no. every second player pretty much had one now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a lot different now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So what are you doing with yourself now to keep yourself busy? 
Um, so I've got four boys. Um, oh, okay. So they yeah. keep me busy. Um, yeah. The eldest one just turned 18, uh, or turned 18 in May. So, yeah, he's uh, getting on a bit now. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, happily married, um, living up in, in Gippsland. Um, nice. Working, get involved with... Um, Get involved with the local footy as well. Oh, awesome, that's good. Yeah, so yeah, I've got plenty to keep my busy. Yeah, so any father son prospects coming through? Or? Um, no, I don't think so. No, um, <laughs> they they enjoy their uh, yeah. or they love playing footy. Uh, they've been down to a few of the father son days. They they love that uh, connection with the footy club. Um, they really enjoy that. Um, yeah, look, the, the youngest one's, uh, what's he now? He's 12, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> You're going well. He's 12. He is 12. Uh, the missus uh, doesn't hear this again, so. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a few years up his sleeve, but, yeah, as long as they enjoy their footy, I'm happy. Yeah, as long as they, you know, they've got uh, their own goals they want to set in life and, um, yeah, look, uh, that's, that's all you can do, so. Yeah, yeah, no, that, uh, that's good. And um, how do you see the club? You know, currently, like now, I mean, we all know that uh, how much you follow it. Uh, how do you see how they're tracking? Do you think they're going in the right in the right direction? Oh, they're definitely uh, in the right direction, and uh, it's not it's not pleasing to look back on on this season and see that we finished last. Like that doesn't and shouldn't sit well with people. Um, yeah. But in terms of you, you you have to obviously look at long term. Um, you know, yeah. turned over a lot of our list. Uh, we've got some very exciting young kids yeah. coming through. Um, you know, really looking forward to see who we pick up with the number one pick. Jason Horn Francis. I think yeah. he's he's a very exciting prospect. Um, yeah. yeah, and obviously, who else we pick up? Uh, time will tell. Um, I think there's a lot of upside. The sort of area con- for concern for me is probably key position back. Yeah, I uh, know. Yeah, I can understand. Uh, yeah, I thought he was going to go a couple yeah. of years ago. Uh, he's been a fantastic player for the club. I uh, hope he goes really well, just obviously not against us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, obviously McKay back there. Uh, we get Hopefully, Core doesn't get injured early. Uh, we get him. But, yeah, I'm really interested to see what the club's got in store for for another key position back. Yeah. Do you think um, they can yeah. the same skinner? Um, oh, obviously, yeah, I know I know Sam uh, quite well. Um, I worked with his dad. Um, I did some work with Sam um, through his Gippsland Power days um, and also got drafted from the same club that he got drafted from as well. Um, I would love nothing more than to see him. Um, play at footy club. Um, I don't know um, what terms they left on um, when he didn't get put on the list uh, at the start of the season. So I'm not sure whether there was any animosity or, or not. I haven't heard anything. I'm just sort of reading yeah. between the lines. You know, you, yeah. you try and get on the list and you don't. Okay, so what did North see that didn't quite convince them? So yeah. that's sort of in the back of my mind. Um, but then he he played and trained as a as a key forward um, at, at North when in that time, um, yeah. whereas he got drafted um, as a key position back from yeah. Gippsland Power to Brisbane, and then yeah. um, 
for those that may have been following. Um, you know, I mentioned a few times that in the last six or seven weeks at South Adelaide, he played key position back and uh, absolutely dominated. Didn't have the best of games in the in the last last final, um, but you know the lead up games to that, um, you know, he's, he's taking you know ten plus intercept marks a week um, and yeah. really holding up their their back line. So I think there's potential there. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see him play there. Uh, whether it happens or not, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, we're only we're only speculating. Look, I had um, a draft expert who's from uh, Adelaide. I, I recorded with him uh, just before you, um, and he sort of pretty much like he he's watched uh, a lot of Sandfield, and he, he reckons Sam Skinner will get picked up by an AFL club, mm. whether it's North Melbourne or or not. He, he thinks he deserves another opportunity somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. because he played. I think the first half of the year in the Sandfield, he played as a forward. Yep. From, yeah, um, he did. Yeah, and then now he's and then he went uh, into the back line, and you see that uh, I think it was a might have been the first final. I think he took about twelve intercept marks or something, or something ridiculous like that. So yeah, yeah he's been good. I think um, yeah, um, one that sort of I look at now is Adelaide Footy Club um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in terms of being a position for, or, or a place for him to, to fall. Um, you know, I've spoken oh. to his dad to go. And you know him and his partner are set up, um, set up really well. Really enjoy the lifestyle. Really enjoy um, the Adelaide people and and that sort of thing. So I don't think they would be disappointed if they stayed in Adelaide, um, okay. for sure. So yeah, I, th- I think maybe Adelaide would be one club that might look at him um, to fill yeah. to fill a key position hole back there. Yeah, I mean they've. Um... Well, Daniel Tarley has retired, and he so who knows they might uh, yep. be looking at getting another mature age recruit into there. So yep. yeah, well, um, well he's only, he's only 23, 23. Oh, he's twenty four, I think now. So yeah, yeah, there but, you go. Yeah, that's still good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So and he's obviously matured it and filled out a bit now um, after a few yep. like um, pre seasons and getting into the gym and all that sort of thing. So he's probably. Probably, you know, Cherry Rob to play, you know, go straight into his you know, AFL team and play AFL straight away. So, we'll, um, Absolutely. I think we'll it'll be a really pick up for a club that's looking to fill that that position. Yeah, 100, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so you're kind of happy with uh, how the club's uh, going in? Oh, well, not overly happy, or obviously we finished last, but um, yeah, you're obviously, yeah, reasonably content that we're sort of in the right, going the right way, even with the like delistings of Atlee. And a few mature players, which is gonna, which are gonna throw, you know, more kids into the, you know, into yeah, into the fire, basically. So, yeah, I, I thought Ham was a disappointing one. Um, a strange one, I found. Yeah, I, I think my um, my cousin's son got drafted in the mid-season draft up to the Gold Coast Suns two right. years ago, um, or two or three years ago, and. Unfortunately, um, did his knee in his last preseason. Their missile season got delisted, and I just look at yeah. that and go, "Yeah, you know, someone you brought in halfway through the year to to fill a position, and then you don't really give them an opportunity." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, sort of, why, why did you draft him in the first place? You know, and I yeah. look at Ham. Um, you know, what? Why? Like, uh, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I played like I think four VFL games, and I, I watched. I think I watched a couple. And he looked okay, like nothing. Like he took a couple of nice intercept marks. Had, had a good left foot on him. Um, yeah. Probably not as good as yours, but yeah, close to it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Yeah, you know, like you, you wouldn't look at him and think, oh, geez, this guy's so out of place. We we made a mistake drafting him. Like I thought, 
Like, whether they're going to re-rookie him, I'm not too sure. So, yeah, I mean, okay. you hope that's not it for him. Like, he, he, he yeah. gets another you know, shot at it, that's for sure. Uh, I hope so, because you, you look at it and go, he's brought in halfway through the year and played four games in, what, six weeks, seven weeks that he's been at the footy club. The yeah. players that he's playing with have uh, uh, pre-season done, you know, a couple of years and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a it's an unfortunate situation for, for him. And yeah, like I said, I hope he does get an opportunity. If he does get put on a rookie list, I hope he, um, I hope that works out. But yeah, I hope he gets an opportunity in another club. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think I've held you up enough, uh, Troy. Like I've had you for almost an hour now, so like I really I appreciate being generous with your time, mate. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think I told you I was only going to be twenty or thirty minutes with you, so I appreciate you, you know, yeah, reflecting on your AFL career because, yeah, like, like, I mean, you were one of the more underrated players in, you know, North Melbourne's history, so it's been good to reflect on that and talk about that. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Um, appreciate you reaching out. Um, yeah, I do enjoy having a having a chat with uh, the supporters on on Twitter and um, sort of giving my point of view, I guess, and getting their point of view and. Having yeah. a bit of banner back and forward, I really enjoy that. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. Appreciate. Yeah, as long as it doesn't get personal or anything, you know, get nasty or anything like that. Yeah, because yeah, we're all going to have different opinions at the end of the day. So yeah, it's good to have that little bit of a chat about it. But as long as I don't get, uh, you know, get called a, a dickhead or anything like that, so you know, which is not going to achieve anything. So yeah, it's good to have discussions about it all. Um. Yeah, I'll get frustrated just as much as any other supporter as well. Oh, and I can uh, you know, get frustrated with players as much as any other supporter. And you know, I'll yeah. just try and uh, put it into perspective a little bit, I guess. See yeah. it from the other side of the fence. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, thanks very much for your time. Unless you wanted to talk about your family feud appearance a few years back. Uh, uh, what was that? Ah, that's Like I said, I've got bad memory. And that's, that's one that uh, I don't remember much of that at all. Oh, okay. Well, I'll make sure the supporters you can watch it on YouTube, so you can no. Google Troy Makepeace. So it comes up straight away. So, oh, please don't do that. <laughs> well, it's not getting edited. So, sorry, Troy. This might affect our uh, friendship in the future. So, uh, yeah. yeah, if that gets posted, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, I won't. I definitely won't. So, yeah. uh, well, anyways, Troy, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. No worries. Um, glad I could, uh, yeah, waffle on a little bit. Um, sorry, I did, probably took up more of your time than what you took up of mine. All right, so I'm joined here by former North Melbourne champion Lee Harding. So, Lee, where, whereabouts did you grow up and play your junior football? Uh, I grew up in a small country town called Bannockburn, which was uh, it's about 30 minutes out of Geelong. Right. Uh, and played most of my junior footy at, at Bannockburn. And then, uh, yeah, once... Once I got to sort of 16, 17, then joined the Geelong Falcons and, um, yeah, then went through the grades from there. Oh, nice. Uh, so who were some of the like uh, players you idolised growing up, like some of the posters you had on the wall in your bedroom wall of uh, players you really admired? Yeah, I was a Geelong supporter growing up. So Figured that. Uh, yeah, Gary Ablett Senior. Um, we used to travel around and watch him regularly. Um, you know, Gary Hocking, Liam Pickering, those sort of guys were – the ones that uh, I admired and, and watched regularly. Okay, so you didn't have any like uh, small crumbing forwards that uh, you idolised, like because uh, that's how, that's pretty much how you played your football. You were mainly known as a, a small forward, so it was mainly the midfielders you sort of idolised. Yeah, well, I mean, 
when obviously Gary Abbott went forward, it was a little bit different. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. So, so, so watching him, and he wasn't that tall as a player. He was, you know, one eighty five or something like that. But um, yeah, obviously one of the greatest to have played the game. And uh, I was, yeah, very fortunate. I went used to go to pretty much every Geelong home game um, through those teenage years, and, and used to watch and admire uh, what he could his output. Oh, awesome. No, that's uh, that's good. So, how did so you obviously played Geelong Falcons? So, how did you end up at uh, North Melbourne? Well, I after my Geelong Falcons year, I actually didn't get drafted. I or or rookie or rookied in that same year. So, I actually spent a year at Geelong in the VFL oh, yeah. uh, as a supplementary player, and then the follow the following year, I obviously missed out on the draft again. But then going into the rookie draft, uh, yeah. Geelong were actually going to take me. Um, they, they'd sort of said they, they were going to take him as a rookie. And then it just happened that uh, I think they ended up taking Mark Blake at around pick eight or ten or something like that, Geelong. And then North Melbourne come in and, and uh, I think selected me and were their first pick in the rookie draft. So, yeah, I didn't – I had, did not speak at all to anyone else other than Geelong in that in that time. And, yeah, it was quite a surprise. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, after you came to the club, did, did you find out much about uh... – were they keeping track of you? I think Neville Stibbard was um, the recruiter back then. Did, were they keeping? Did Did you find out if they kept tabs on you or anything like that? Yeah, I think I've spoke to Neville and I've have seen Neville a couple of times over the journey. But um, yeah, I think they did sort of watch me through because I actually did a preseason going into that draft with with Geelong as well. So okay. of course they, they would have been tracking along the way. But I think they may have had some sneaky times where they went down and actually watched me at training as well. But um, yeah, but no inkling, no contact at all that they were they were keen to take me in that draft. And what uh, did they? Did you find out what uh, appealed to them about you? Uh, I didn't actually. I actually didn't dig that out. Um, <laughs> no, um, no I guess I was just. Yeah, I guess I was just a, a needs type thing. I was probably I was blessed with a little bit of a little bit of pace, and I was. Um, yeah, I also had some ability to kick some goals at times. So um, that was probably the two things, I guess. I think you're very humble. You had a lot of pace, so not just a little bit of pace. So, who, which players um, took you under their wing when you came to the club? Uh, I, uh, David King was was a was was very good in the early times. He was sort of a he was a halfback flanker, obviously. So, at training when you're doing sort of match stuff, he he would line up on me sometimes and sort of guide me around the paddock a little bit um, okay. around distances from ball and all that sort of stuff you don't think about when you when you're just playing the game as a kid and the kid the game sort of comes. Potentially naturally, but yeah, depths of things, and then just through um, relationships, all the all the younger guys that were were at that time, I could come through with. I lived with uh, Digby Morrell and Adam Lang for a period of time, so they were old um, old shinboners, and then just the, the the whole crew that was in that year was uh, you saw Drew Petrie, Daniel Harris, yeah. Daniel Pratt. We we all had a very good relationship with each other in that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, that's always been talked about North Melbourne. Um, I suppose the mateship that, uh, like even Kerry talks about it a lot. Uh, it was a very tight knit, close club, and uh, it was everyone uh, together pretty much. So it sounds like uh, it still kicked on even after um, Kerry left the club. That um, he's all kept pretty, uh, pretty well in touch. I, I remember, like I spoke to Troy Makepeace a couple of weeks ago, and he sort of said something similar that uh, David King took took um, him under his wing. So obviously, I. Uh, yeah, he was a very good leader in that regard, trying to make players feel uh, comfortable and welcome, which is which is really good. So, yeah. So this question has been bugging me for about twenty odd years. This next one: How did you get the nickname Turtle? Uh, it was basically just uh, very easily. It was just coming out of your shell. 
yeah, nothing to do with speed or anything like that. Um, yeah, yeah, so just coming out of your shell, um, yeah, being the person you are. Okay, sort of. So, like, obviously, well, you, you're very introverted, kept to yourself, yeah. did you? And um, yeah, once you sort of uh, got a bit more comfortable, you you got a bit out. Uh, you started talking up a bit, did you? Or well, you just get there, and then maybe a couple of beers can can bring some stuff as well. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, look, I don't know. You probably won't remember this, but I remember seeing you, David King and Adam Lang at uh, Mooney Valley races on a harness night one night, and uh, I bought you a beer. So I assume I'm going to get one back. Uh, that was about 20 years ago now. So <laughs> yeah, no, was, uh, good times. Uh, so you played under Dennis Pagan, Dean Laley, and Brad Scott. How were they as coaches to you? All very different, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dennis was. Yeah, I guess he, he he's probably had the most influence. Uh, I guess on the, on a career and as a as a life because he instilled some some good qualities in what you in what who who I am and what everyone else was at North Melbourne basically and that whole shinbone and stuff was was a testament to the way Dennis went about things and I was probably fortunate that Dennis he actually liked me um, and then played me sort of early early doors um, during during my time there so I was a bit I was a bit fortunate because I did play some average games but he he did keep selecting me there for a few weeks in a row. And you sort of got got some faith, I suppose. And um, yeah, you sort of your career blossoms a little bit from you know when a coach backs you a little bit like that. So yeah, everything I did, you know, in my career was was on the back of anything that Dennis Pagan did for me. Okay. Uh, and then that was so I had Dennis for for a couple of years, and then um, and then Dean Dean Laidley come in. He was he was a completely different in terms of he wasn't as as hard as what Dennis was. He was still quite firm, but he was a more tactician. Um, and, and being able to move sort of people around and uh, moving the magnets and all that sort of stuff to get sort of games on his terms a little bit. And that's yeah. what's, um, that was the real big difference between him and him and Dennis. And then Brad was really at the twilight of my career. I was my yeah. last year. I only had Brad for one year. So he was, he was more of that people sort of person. Um, and it was just a, yeah, completely different to, to what Dennis and uh, Dean had been. And um, obviously Brad went on to be a very successful coach, but I, as a coach, I only had one year with with Brad, and then and then sort of two and a little bit as a as an employee of North Melbourne once I finished uh, my career. Oh, okay, no, very good. Yeah, no, I remember that too because Brad Scott came in two thousand and ten, didn't he? So you pretty much had Dean Laley for the majority of your career from what two thousand and two, I believe, to two thousand nine. So That's yeah, right. yeah. So what is uh? So what do you, when you look back, uh, what are some of your greatest career highlights? Oh, that's a good question. I, I mean, great. I guess the the greatest game I ever played in was the Jace McCartney game. Yeah, uh, and his last one. And being able to have an influence on that game was was yeah. also um, important, I suppose. That was probably my the greatest game that stood out. Um, I guess it was it's just more the journey of where you you start out as a young guy, finally trying to find your way, and then you become um, a little bit older and a little bit wiser, and you see the the growth of other younger people come into the footy club and where they then take the footy club at times and you see champions of the game um, that you get to play with, like, you know, Archer and Colwitt, Simpson, Harvey. I mean, the list just keeps going on. John Blakey, you just keep ticking them off, Shannon Grant. And it's more it's more the journey and the ups and downs and the, the mateship you create along the journey um, that instills some really good qualities in your in your life going forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? So, yeah, no, it's really good. And you kicked the winning goal in that uh, Jason McCartney game from memory when he um, when he uh, kicked it uh, just to pretty much the goal square and you swooped on it like, you know, like you do and uh, just, uh, yeah, 
slotted it through to kick the winning goal. Not many people probably remember that. So, I mean, obviously, it was a big game uh, for the club. Um, and, yeah, so it was obviously a big moment for you to kick the winning goal. But uh, How is it to play as a crumbing forward? Is that is that the toughest position to play on the ground? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's probably more the... the the run, like there's there's running elements to it, and then there's just positional things that you need to uh, to get done. I think like the game's changed slightly now with um, sort of the six 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 rule where yeah. you can be forward of the ball, that sort of stuff. But the traditional sort of small forward where you, you used to have to get right up on sort of the back of all stoppages and make sure that people were covered on the outside, and then still be responsible for coming the ball inside fifty. And sometimes you just you just couldn't get back there. Um, the ball moved too fast or whatever it was. But um, I think sort of as it, as it my time finished, sort of there was always a bit more small and tall sort of inside 50 that made it a little bit easier for those crumbing types. But And it's still elements of the game where the, the forwards have to get right up the ground and that, that always will be the case. But um, it's just the, the elements of having to cover so much territory but still be able to be forward of the ball and provide options but also... You know, get to the feet of the, the big fellas if they happen to spill a few. So, um, yeah, it's a high work rate position um, and a lot of unrewarded running at times. So, yeah, uh, it is difficult. But, um, yeah, when, when you do get opportunities to kick um, kick goals or those slight chances you get, you just got to take them because they don't they don't pop up as much anymore. Yeah, I think it was um, 2003, you kicked 33 goals, 32. So it could have been a, a much bigger, like, reward for your effort. I mean, another, another underrated part of your game was the pressure used to put i mean we, we talk these days you know uh pressuring forwards but uh i remember you, you were very good at that role too you had i think you had a number of tackles like over 50 odd in one year so which is over two and a game so that's yeah that, that was a very underrated part of your game as well was that um something that was instilled in you by coaches to put pressure on defenders like not, not so much stick to your man but go after the play with the ball and make sure he doesn't uh run and dash off yeah, I mean, that was always part of the small forward role. That's why it's quite, there's so many elements to it. And sometimes when you're, you're high up the ground, you are on sort of the back of some stoppages. And, you know, if an opposition team was to handball the, back, the ball back to like a wing out, it was your job to try and, to try and stop that, that outlet. Um, but also be mindful what your direct opposition is doing as well. So yeah. um, you're always in a position, or you get yourself in quite a few positions to actually to do tackle. But because it is a long running position that you, you need to be able to get right up and right back, but be close enough to tackle in circumstances as well. So, um, yeah, it's something that I think just through the position and through time that you actually work out the best ways to get across the paddock to get yourself in more positions, more contests, which means you either get the ball by crumbing it or however it is, but or if you don't, then you're there to obviously put pressure on tackle and, and keep the ball in your, what is it called now, your forward half. Yeah, yeah. Ground. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So just to follow up a bit on that, what was the pre- preparation like for you during the week uh, playing as a small forward? Did you have to put much time and effort into uh, who you were playing on or did you just, or was it more just a focus on your own game and whoever whoever plays on you plays on you, basically? Yeah, I think in the year, early years, it's sort of like you're not sure who's going to come to you. And then yeah. over time, it sort of become a, a bit consistent with opponents and who you come up against over time. So you sort of know from week to week, who is likely to come to you. But there's also times where you're watching tapes of that player and you're, you're looking at, okay, well, did anyone 
um, potentially get hold of the, that defender at some time and, and what did they do differently um, and, try and, and try and work through that. So, um, but there was also, there was also a time when like late in my career, 2009, you know, sort of 10, that that's when sort of behind the goals vision started to come in. So majority of my time, it was, there was no behind the goals vision. So it was just what was in the screen was, was all you could see. So it was also quite difficult to see um, opposition and stuff like that only when they were directly involved in a contest to see how they actually used their body or, or did certain elements of the game to try and combat myself or, um, or you know, basically knew that you're in for a fight against this because they were, they were quite strong in some areas. Yeah. I mean, did, they, did coaches come up to you and say, look, if you get this type of matchup, we want you to go deep into square, whereas if you got... If you got this player on you, we want you to push up to the ground a bit more. Was there any instruction during a game like that? Yeah, that 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 would come occasionally. Um, yeah. I know that there was. Oh, generally against the West Coast, I would I would try and go to David Weirapanda. Um, oh, yeah. He was a very damaging half backer, but it was sort of like, um, and like a Drew Banfield used to come to me a fair bit for. For West Coast, so I was always trying to get to Weirapanda because it was almost like it was a tagging, tagging job, but being doing it suspiciously, um, okay. just to try and keep him accountable to me. But I was pretty much accountable to him, um, and whatever he did, I was I was judged on. But yeah, and then anytime he sort of gave that little half chance that you, that you just had to take it. So yeah. um, there was definitely instructions at times where you'd, we'd have to take a person deep or potentially take a person up higher because they, they wanted to, you know, get that person out of the way a little bit as well. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, we're Punter is, is very damaging by foot as well. So, yeah, that uh, that probably makes a lot of sense. So, moving forward, like end of 2006, you did um, you did your ACL a training yeah. uh, towards the end of the year. You missed 2007. I believe we played finals in 2007. Uh, how hard was that mentally just doing rehab that whole time? Whereas, you know, you're pretty much by yourself doing it all you know, all on your own, away from the playing group and just sitting there watching games in the stands. How, how hard was that um, in 2007? Yeah, it was, pre- it, was, it, was, it was pretty difficult. So I did my knee and it was the last main training session of 2006. Um, and my, my biggest regret, regret to some degree about that was I'd actually never got to play in Sav Rocker's last game because oh. um, we had a relationship obviously tall forward and small forward but I never got that chance that was sort of was made me a little bit shitty there for a while because <laughs> um, yeah you didn't get to share that that moment with that player but yeah. um, I guess yeah 2000 and that whole sort of rehab stuff yeah you are you're isolated a bit but I think it come at a really good time for me like a, the small forwards were I was Sort of, I was consistent in two thousand and six, but uh, we had some new, new young people coming through, like um, Maddie Campbell and oh. Lindsay Thomas were coming through, Lee Adams, and then obviously you still had Shannon Grant and Brent Harvey playing sort of small forward, high half forward roles. Daniel Wells, that, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It just come at a good time for me. I was able then to basically change my position, um, and I did get back to play a few games in two thousand and seven, and. I was actually emergency for all those final series, but um, okay. never actually. I didn't get selected, but I was I was knocking on the door. I was almost there, and then sort of at the end of that was difficult. But we were sort of a bit um, our team that year because Nathan Thompson actually done his knee as well. So it was actually um, Tomo and myself who were the, the leading goalkeepers from the year before. Yeah. We're out of the team, so it was a bit of a makeshift forward line. So I think Corey Jones did a super job that year with Shannon Grant and. 
and kicked kicked a truckload of goals between them. Um, and yeah, so difficult at times, but there was also it was sort of light because I was emergency for some finals, and I thought I'll if I could just get one final, um, that would make that whole year better. Um, yeah. It didn't eventuate, but sort of at the end of 2007, I think that's when potentially that year that um, maybe Troy Makepeace had, had left and he was the small defender. Yeah. Um, and we'd had Jesse Smith come, starting to come through at that point in time. He was a talented, talented junior, but then obviously had a lot of injuries and yeah. never sort of got going as a player. Um, and there was a bit of a gap in, in our back line that, re- that required a a small defender who could um, sort of lock down on guys. And that's through, yeah, through Dean Laidley and, and Darren Crocker. Um, I, I was instilled that role. So I, I was very fortunate. And I can tell you that halfback role is a lot easier than playing as a half forward. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that 2008 and 2009 were, were clearly my two best years of my career. You you just uh, went on to my next question anyway. I was going to talk to you about your back line. Like, I know you, yeah, in 2008 you sort of came into the back line um, because, yeah, I mean, obviously the roles were limited. Um, obviously in the forward line you talked about a bunch of names there. So did you enjoy that role playing as a small defender? Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Should, have done, should have done that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's, uh, that's fair enough. And obviously that's come through coaches. So, yeah, what, what, what did you love about it? It's just, um, is it just a lot easier playing on someone and then you can you can play to your strengths where you, you get the handball receiving, you just dash and – yeah, break the lines, sort of thing. Was it? Was it that? Yeah, there's was, there was, there's a few elements to it. I think that when you when you're playing against a small forward and you know what they're thinking, um, and where you think they should be at certain points, I think that was my my strength was that I was able to get around the paddock, but know what the small forward was thinking and where he might go next. Um, or if I was playing that position, where I would go next. So based on where the ball was. So yeah, coming through, you know. Playing, you know, Aaron Davey and and Cyril Rioli, those types that were fast and nippy, and I could sort of match them to some. Um, But but I also knew that where their next move might go, and I was sort of already ahead of them because they were, um, although Aaron Davey was similar age to me, but Cyril was a little bit younger. um, And all the small forwards that I'd sort of played on were a little bit um, younger than me. I I sort of knew what they should be doing, but I was already ahead of them and knowing where they were wanting to go. So I, I could try and stamp that out and then just use, um, I guess, some footy smarts in trying to get hold of the ball and, and run off and create when where needed and um, and use use some of the attributes that I was I was granted. No, that, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's certainly, it's certainly um, it, I mean, it's a role that you can be a bit more consistent in, whereas if you're a forward, I mean, you're relying a little bit on, on things up the ground. I mean, I know you've got to create for yourself, but it is definitely a lot harder as playing as a forward than, than as a defender, so... Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, that's that's a really good. That was a really good transition for you towards the later part of your career. So, do you like you've mentioned off new names, Savarocca, Digby, Morale, Adam Lang? Do you still keep in touch with um a lot of people from the club that you played with? Yeah, 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 yeah. Regularly speak to yeah, like Drew Petria caught up. So, uh, so I'm currently residing in Brisbane. Have been for the last eight or nine years now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So West Coast come up. This year, and um, yeah, Drew Petrie's involved in, involved with them, so I caught up and have a coffee with him. So anytime there's sort of those those players that are um, up in Brisbane, I try and make contact and, and catch them at the hotel. Obviously, COVID last couple of years has been a little bit challenging um, with that stuff, and you know, can't actually go and um, see those guys. But even yeah, yeah, North Melbourne people when they they actually they actually trained for and stayed in hubs up here. I actually went and watched them train a couple of times and caught up with. Uh, 
some of the some of the staff that were still there when I was there as well. So um, awesome. yeah, Drew Petrie, yeah, you know, Daniel Pratt. Um, yeah, I spoke with with Boom Harvey only you know two or three weeks ago. So there's you know, regular people that you actually catch um, talk to. Brady Rawlings, obviously now back at the Footy Club. Um, you know, Corey Jones. There's yeah, a plethora of people that you still still run into. You know, I ran into Matty Campbell a couple of years ago. We were, we were both coaching coached the state sort of under 16s in Queensland a couple of years ago and Maddie was coaching the state 16s for the NT so just bound to catch up with those people um yeah Eddie Sansbury I saw right. up in Cairns a few weeks ago I see Ben Warren um Andrew Swallow like there's people that are living in, in Queensland Jess Sinclair um, right. yeah there's, there's lots of ex-kangaroo people that are, that are around and, and you just run into just through through being through AFL um still up here in Queensland no, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, in the last twelve months, there's been a lot of people move from Melbourne to Queensland because, obviously, with uh, the whole COVID situation. So it's good. Uh, is that something that um, that uh, is pretty much, you know, like, I guess, how do I put it? Like, um, is that something like your friendship? Is that what you remember the most? Like the friendships that you've made? Is that um, the biggest thing for you, or is it uh, like you still like? Obviously, you had a great career, but it's it's the friendships and the people that uh, you played with that you. Were, that you fondly remember, don't you? Really? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess when you when you're in the age of you know 19 to 29, 30, when you're going through those years, I like, think your most influential years, I suppose. So that you know those friendships, other than you know potential school friends that you do um, keep in contact with when when you're growing up, like they're probably the most influential people that um, you do have friendships with and you you create bonds with, and um, you know go through through certain circumstances, um, you know, ups and downs of winning games of footy or just um, you know, on footy trips, whatever it is that you create bonds with and um, and, and you stay in touch and um, you can not see someone for, you know, 10 years, but you can pick up the phone and they'll answer at the other end, which is always um, is always good. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good to hear. So 2010, like uh, obviously your last year, um, so what's uh, retirement been like since uh, you stopped uh, playing? Like, like I noticed you've been uh, had a few assistant coaching roles and even senior coaching roles. That's obviously a lot harder than playing. Yeah, so going back to so 2007 when I did that knee, I actually did some study. Um, oh, awesome. I did ex- exercise sports science. So once I actually finished my career, um, employed by North Melbourne. So I was, I was part of the strength and conditioning team. Oh, and, awesome. um exercise rehab was yeah, anyone who's injured who come through me so I'd obviously been through some injuries through my career and was able to help guide them and, and um, try and rebuild them as best we could to get them back out in the park so I spent two years there and but also continued to play in the VFL with Werribee who were at that time still aligned with with North Melbourne um, and I was assistant coach of the backline group there and played so that that's where the coaching sort of um, passion come from and then yeah 2013 there was a a job come up at the Brisbane Lions, um, and I just threw my hat in the ring. It was to coach their their NEFL team and be a development coach, and um, I actually got the job. So, I early 2013, it was February, I think I, I flew up to, to Brisbane and, and took that position. So it was quite a late position um, because it was basically going straight into the season. So, yeah, I, I took over their, their coaching the NEFL team, and um, yeah, we obviously. Lucky enough, we won the premiership my first year of coaching. I thought, how, how easy is this job? Um, <laughs> but, um, as, as things evolve, and you know, we, we had a lot of injuries and stuff at, at Brisbane that time. I spent four years at Brisbane, um, and as a development coach and, and coaching through the NEFL. So that, that's sort of what I did. And then post that, I went into 
to coach Redland, which is also part of the, the NEFL, um State League for, for a couple of years before then I then become employed by AFL Queensland. Um, and that, that's my current role today as a uh, competitions manager. So I manage all the, the competitions in um, southeast Queensland. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my current role. But I've also had some uh, coaching stuff just with the state programs that are up in Queensland with the 16s and 17s last year. So, yeah, still got my hand a little bit in coaching, but but not as much as what I did um, post my career straight away. So, yeah, enjoying your like, uh, he's sort of happy to sort of just play a bit part in coaching now and just um, focus on the, you know your current role at the moment. Yeah, I, I still have a, a passion for coaching um, and, and more more the development side of things and putting programs together, building a building an athlete and. And having that exercise science background helps with that. So I can actually get a, a, an athlete from, from start to finish. Um, and I've also got, um, I'm actually a, also a qualified secondary teacher, which I also did um, in 2015, I think. So okay. um, the education side is, is something that I, that I enjoy and, and helping others um, to just have an influence on, on what their journey might be um, throughout their life. That's, that's what I'm passionate about. Oh, that's uh, that, yeah, that's really good. That you obviously kept yourself very busy, um, and you, you're very uh, determined and focused to always look um, for that next role, and yeah, just um, give back a bit to the game from uh, your experiences playing, you know, 140 odd games of AFL. That's um, yeah, that's really good to hear. So, do you still uh, follow the club much today, or like uh, North Melbourne? Do you still sort of keep an eye on them, how they're going, or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually a life member, so oh, that's can't, can't get rid of me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, 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 we do. And I've got a young fella as well who's, um, yeah, he's now starting to get some interest in footy sort of at the Oz kick age um, and superstars age. So we go, we try and go to as many games as we can. We're probably a bit fortunate in sort of 2020 and um, definitely 2020, we got to sort of like about half a dozen kangaroos games. Um, obviously, results weren't what we wanted them to be, but just them being able to be in Queensland and see some more footy, um, very limited crowds, but we were very blessed as as Queensland as a state, you know, through this whole sort of last couple of years of COVID that we've still been able to have community sport and the sport being played. So you could actually go and, and, and get out of the house and in, enjoy those, those moments with, um, with other people. Um, so yeah, we have been fortunate, but yeah, obviously still have a, a very keen eye on, on what the kangaroos are doing. Yeah. Oh, that's no, that's good to hear. No, it's, it's handy that you're a life member too. So you get invited to all the functions when they come up. So that'll be good. So, I mean, you've got, you've got two kids, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Have they got the the old man's pace or not? Uh, not just yet. <laughs> my daughter's not real sporty. She's a bit more dance and um, and dramaish type person. Um, but yeah, the, the young fella is. Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, yeah. He seems like he does move somewhat quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's a bit more sort of cars and balls, all that sort of stuff. So so he has taken interest in in the footy. Um, obviously, it's now a little bit of cricket that we're trying to get as well, just with hand-eye sort of stuff, but yeah, he's always trying to kick the ball and mark it, all that sort of stuff, so he's, he's obviously at the early stage of, of that um, that skill and that game, but um, yeah, I like spending time in the backyard, you know, having a kick and a catch. Oh, okay, so did you play cricket back in the day as well, or just... Uh... Yeah, yeah, cricket, always a cricket and, and foot, cricket in the summer and footy in the winter, um, yeah, so I, I really enjoy, um, yeah, that the game of cricket and, and what it brings. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, it would be a bit uh, warmer in uh, Queensland than uh, Bannockburn, I'll, I'll assume, for you. So. Yeah, yeah. 
we've actually played cricket all year round up here. Actually, playing in winter as well because it's uh, it's a very nice time to play during winter. It's about twenty one degrees most days, um, and um, yeah, not a breath of wind in the sky. So it's uh, no, it's it's a good uh, good environment to bring the kids up. Uh, no, very nice. And you're a batter, obviously. Uh, yeah, I did bat, and I do bowl. I do bowl as well, but um, yeah, I do prefer to bat. Yeah, that's all right. So I'm sure you'd be going for those few quick singles. So <laughs> with your pace anyway. So, yeah, no, just block and run. You'll be right. So uh, anyways, Lee, I really appreciate you taking the time today uh, to join me. Um, yeah, no, it's been you know, like I really uh, enjoyed watching you play back in the 2000s. So I really appreciate the time you've taken with me today. No worries, Dean. It sounds like I still owe you a beer. So hopefully now they've allowed crowds back to the races, mate. We might um, run into each other one day and we'll, I'll shout you that beer back. Oh, no, that'll be awesome, mate. Yeah, I think Kingy owes me one as well. So if you can send him a text, that'd be handy. So it was a crown lager, I remember. So. Hey, that's no problems. All good. Yeah, no, thanks very much, Lee. I, uh, I yeah, look forward to speaking to you one day in the future, hopefully. So, yeah, and get that beer. No worries. All good. Thanks, Dean. No worries. All the best, mate. Take it easy. Bye, mate. See you, mate. All right, so I'm joined here by former North Melbourne legend Winston Abraham. So, Winnie... Where did you grow up and play your junior footy? Uh, I grew up in a place called Narragin down uh, uh, southeast of Perth, about 160 k's. Same town Barry Cable grew up in, actually. Oh, okay, right. Oh, well, there, there's, yeah. a, there's a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you play? Um, did you play with any like uh, star junior players that uh, went on to have uh, good uh, careers, maybe in the waffle or even uh, you know uh, AFL, maybe even? Oh, when I played in Narragin, um the material boys were in Wagen and they were they were um opposition. So Philip Philip was about my age, I think he might have been. And we played against each other, Philip Material. Oh and, right. Uh, yeah. Um and then I went from there I went to Perth. My dad was living in Perth at the time. So okay. I, went, I played for uh, Thornley under seventeens. So yep. I hadn't really I hadn't really played much junior footy, to be honest. Oh, okay. um, and then um, played under seventeens with Thornley. We, um, I can't remember anyone that went from there. From that, I know. Um, from that association, but we oh. we're un, we're undefeated that year, and I I won the association best and fairest, and then went. Then we got. Then I got asked to go to Perth Colts. Oh, okay. Yeah, it sort of kicked off from there, obviously, and then. Uh... That's probably how you ended up uh, female. So, who did you have many idols growing up? You sort of said you started football later. Um, did you have any like uh, idols you looked up to um, or anything like that? Uh, we, we had a, you know, back in those days, we had a lot of. Um, I mean, you had that was the like, the late seventies, early eighties, yeah. and in WA we had Stephen Michael, we had Jimmy Cracker, Phil Cracker, yeah. Um, you know, Phil Narkle, Keith Narkle. We had all these guys that played, especially the Indigenous boys and the Aboriginal boys. Were, yeah. There were some great players running around, Marshallis and yeah, you know, those yeah. sort of playing um, in WA. And that's what got me sort of interested in playing, um, you know, really playing footy and just wanting to play waffle footy. Yeah, yeah. At, at a, yeah, so, yeah, so we had some... We had some good players to look up to in those, yeah. in those days. Yeah, did you 
did you sort of um, you played pretty similar to Morris Riola, didn't you? A little bit. You sort of uh, played with a lot of flair. So is that something that um, watching them you sort of wanted to bring to your own game? Yeah, we, I suppose we had Nicky Wimmer as well. I mean, Nicky's, yeah, yeah. Nicky's, Nicky's my cousin, and we, we grew up in a you know I was a Pingley boy as well. So and my parents all come from Pingley, and and um, yeah, so we sort of when we saw Nicky play as well, you know, like you know, we can we can sort of follow him. Yeah. But um, yeah. Back to your question, I got lost there. <laughs> nah, sort of uh, talking about Morris Rioli and sort of. Uh, you oh yeah, Morris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a different player, wouldn't he? Um, oh, he's a of, Yeah, so he was he was more of a um, midfielder and yeah. um, had had that good sidestep, you know, and, and could move. Where I think I was a bit quicker and could. Go in bursts and not too much. Not, yeah. The engine, the engine couldn't go as far and as long as him. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's all right. No, I think you you did all right for yourself, and uh, yeah, you forged a career, pretty good career for yourself. So yeah, no, it's worked out all right. So you started your career pretty much as soon as Fremantle come in. How how that all come about? Did they just uh, hear you through the waffle? And um, obviously they had to select their own players up there. So yeah, just explain to us how that came about. How you ended up at Fremantle? Um. It's, it was an interesting period that um, that draft year. I was I'd only played um, for two years at Waffle, and I was playing. I played Colts, Resies, and League in the '93 and in '94. Played a bit of League um, um, with uh, Perth, and in that year, of I had got a few contacts. I think it was Geelong and Collingwood, and oh, okay. um, and and the Dockers spoke to me late, like before the draft. But Collingwood, right. I was I was going to Collingwood. I was, I, was oh, okay. um, I wanted to go to Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and I said, yeah. I said to Collingwood, I'm coming. I said, um, but the Dockers had their pick around 23, 24, 25, I think it was. Yeah. And Collingwood had their had their pick after that. So realistically, I was, I was, in that draft that draft day. It was it was Jeff White then me. Um, yep. And Jeff White went at number one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't want to stay in Perth to play footy. I wanted to go to Melbourne. Oh, okay. No. But you take it, you take what you get. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, I suppose uh, you're probably grateful looking back on it that you did um, get picked up in the first place. And even probably, yeah. You know, yeah, you're probably just happy to, yeah, just find an AFL club and start your AFL career. And I suppose, yeah, Collingwood back then, I mean, obviously still is a very big club. So you would have, um, it would have been uh, very different from coming from uh, Perth where it's a bit quieter and to all of a sudden uh, in the, you know, in the spotlight uh, at Collingwood, I guess. And, um, yeah. It's, yeah, because uh, I, think, I think they picked up Sean Armat that year. I think it was Oh, Armat. okay, yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't exactly remember all, all the players were picked up in the draft, but yeah, no, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah so that's um, obviously they must have seen something in you. So you played uh, 38 games over three seasons at Fremantle. Um, yeah, were you a bit surprised that um, obviously, yeah, you ended up in North Melbourne after that? How did it? How did the move come about? Were you a bit surprised that they sort of gave up on you a little bit and um, traded you away to North Melbourne? Oh, I. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't because um, I, I didn't. I think because because what I heard was Jared Neeson was really wanted to keep me there. Yeah, and, and 
and have you know and get um um a few more years out of me before um because it, i think it was a hierarchy that wanted to you know maybe get an experienced player from over east and yeah and um as soon as i heard that i didn't actually i didn't actually hear from Fremantle um that they wanted to trade me so no one no one actually told me but okay dennis pagan called me and um oh. i think it was jeff walsh and dennis called me and they said yeah. oh do you want to come do you want to come to north melbourne and i said yeah no, I'd, I'd love to go there okay. and, uh, yeah so it, yeah it was it was i just needed to get to, to be honest with you i just needed to get away from wa yeah oh, okay well just uh we oh, i mean i don't want to get too personal did you have other issues or anything like that and you just wanted to try did you want to just try the city life in melbourne or or in a, was there anything in particular i guess what i'm saying is that uh wanted to draw you away from your hometown to go to go to melbourne yeah i think it's more to do with um outside influences you know family and okay it's just it was just a um you know had you had all your mates here and oh, okay and, yeah uh, I just wanted to get away f- from all that and go and just play footy somewhere, you know. And, and I actually wanted to play footy in Melbourne. I wanted to, I wanted to live in Melbourne and play footy in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. That makes uh, a lot of sense. So you get to North Melbourne. Uh, who were some of the players that took you under their wing when you first came to the club? Um, it was. Oh, it wasn't any um, anyone in particular. Like it was just a really good group of people that you yeah. know at that time you you had you had your good mix of experienced players and you had your good mix of players that were in the middle and then and then all the younger guys so you know you had steve o'duck and all those blokes and arch and that had been around for a long time that that um yeah. made everyone feel welcome yeah okay and De- glenn archer stood out glenn archer stood out by a mile you know he was he was he was um one of the best blokes i'd ever met yeah, okay. Was it just um well, he seems like a man that um is 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 of a few words, but he speaks with his actions more than anything. Um, yeah. Was that, yeah. Was that something that uh, drew you to you know, drew you to him as a friend? Yeah, he was you know, I, I mean I don't think like he didn't really take me under his wing, but he just always he always made you feel welcome, you know, and he always yeah. you know, even Steve O and, and um uh, who else was there? Rocky was a bit of a Anthony Rock was okay now and then. Sholey, Sholey was good. Yeah, yeah. You know, Darren Crocker and all those older guys that have that have been around for a while. Yeah, so, oh, that's good. Um, yeah, me being, I suppose I um, was, you know, been in the system for three years and then and I was good for kids, blokes like Byron Pickett and Shannon yeah. Motlock and those guys that came along. Yeah, um, and some of the younger guys, you know. So I. I sort of um, guided Byron a bit in the start. And he's, he's, you know, I'd always pick him for training. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Do you still, um, like, well, why not? Do you still keep in contact with those boys, um, like Byron Pickett or, you know, Craig Shaw or anything like that? I hear from um, Byron a bit when he's here in WA, but. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, I haven't really um, contacted many of the other boys. Too busy yeah. over here. Yeah, well, you're in the opposite side of the 
the state, I guess, so it's a bit hard, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, you're probably, yeah, I mean, you've got your Facebook friends and all that sort of thing, so you can always, you know, send the odd message and stuff like that. So, yeah, who are some of the uh, your toughest opponents? Because you obviously played a, a really hard role, like that crumbing forward. I mean, you had Wayne Carey that was, um, you know, probably the greatest player or, or close to the greatest player ever play the game. So it was probably um, just a case of uh, staying near here and near him because the ball was going to get there. But um, some of your tough opponents that you felt that um, would gave you a bit, a bit of um, a hard time? Yeah, well, there's, um, it, it was interesting because I, I sat down and watched um, one of the State of Origin games that was like in the late 80s. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, I, and I'd say to the young bloke, I said, see all those, all those small blokes playing defence in the back line for um, Victoria and I said, most of those blokes played on me. So, oh, right. you, know, you had your Andy Collins, you had um, Matt, yeah. um, all those blokes. That, you know, Geelong, you had Michael Mansfield, you had Damien Hardwick at yeah. Gary O'Donnell at Essendon, you yeah. had John Wersold and Guy McKenna at the Eagles. Yeah. Um, you know, um, one one that was really tough with, uh, was uh, Matthew Rogers from Richmond. Oh, okay. Wasn't yeah. he wasn't he wasn't um, aggressive or anything, but he could just match you and everything like speed. He was very quick. Um, yeah, he was one of my hardest opponents, I reckon, because he he was quick and he could stick right with you. Okay, um, yeah, no, I, I remember him in the in the nineties. Yeah, for, for Richmond, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he was a, he was a more utility player that played up the ground and could yeah. uh, play a role for the team, couldn't he? Yeah, it was just, it was interesting. Um, I suppose I could. Um, um, if I played up the ground, I'd get a different opponent. So some someone small who could run with me. But if yeah. I played deep, if I played deep forward, they'd put someone who was rangy who can who can who can run with me, but also compete with me in the air. Yeah, yeah. So because yeah. I was a strong mark for a short play. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, well, you took some. Uh... I'm going to talk about your uh, big mark soon, so yeah, we'll get to that. But no, you could certainly, um, you could certainly take a grab. You had uh, really good, uh, clean hands, so yeah, I certainly remember that part of your game. Not just um, the, you know, the highly skilled player that you were, but you also had a uh, good set of mitts on you. Um, so, who were some of the best players you played with? Obviously, you know, we're going to, you know, talk about Carey, Stevens, and all that sort of thing. But some players that probably snuck under the radar that you thought, oh, this guy's a really good player, but he doesn't get the recognition. Oh, my favourite players would would have been at North was um, Arch, yeah, uh, Boron Pickett, you know those sort of blokes, and um, they'd go places where no one. And Duck, you know Wayne Carey, Steve O, um, yeah, you know, and you had um, um, blokes like Matty Capuano, Corey McKernan, yeah, who um, else was it? Boomer. Boomer was. I remember Boomer was, um, um, yeah, it was for a small bloke. He could, he could, he was strong in the air, like one on one. Yeah. Um, you know, quick. Um, so we had, we had blokes like him that, um, and Wayne would, Wayne Carey was probably the um, best player I'd ever played with. Yeah. Oh, I don't think you'd get too many arguments about that. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, Boomer was just starting to come through when you 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 um you were playing, weren't you? Yeah, well, he played. He he actually played a, a couple of games a year before I got there, and, and yeah, I think right. he was he was he was starting to uh, make his way when I got there. Yeah, 
Mm. Yeah, no, he's uh, he was uh, he, he, he apparently had a decent career. He's still, he's still fit. He's still fit enough to play now. Yeah, oh, was, well, you see him as a runner. He's got um, he looks as good as anyone uh, playing oh, a game. And he's in his, I think he'd be oh, probably be similar age to me. Like uh, I'm 43, but I think he's about 41, 42 or something. But yeah, yeah still yeah. What's that? Sorry, I think he's about 41. Yeah, yeah. So he's still um, yeah, still uh, it's still go all right this day and age. I mean, even when he when he um finished playing, which is about three or four years ago now, he's still playing some really good football back then. So. Yeah, no, he's um, he's a special talent. That's for that's for sure. So, we've talked about the players. How was our uh, Dennis as a coach to you? Yeah, Dennis was good. He um, he he just gave me. It was one. It was one of the only coaches that said to me, you know, all you need to do is get fit, and then once you've done that, he said your skills and your and and, and the way you play the game will take over. Yeah, he said yeah. I'm not gonna. He said I'm not gonna tell you how to play. He said I just want you to get fit. And he said, "You just go out there and play football the way you play, you know." And um, that that stuck in my head. I was just like, "Wow, that's you know, that's all I need to do. Yeah, just work hard, get fit." And I did in that first year, and then an injury sort of in '99, and then uh, and then and then 2000 just slowed me down. Yeah, but I suppose you know what I look back at is I never really understood. Um, what it took to be uh, an elite player. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as I told you, I started footy at a late age. Yeah. And I grew yeah. up. Yeah. And I grew up in a. I grew up in a broken family, and um, you know, I went to sixteen different schools as a kid, and yeah. you know, never really, never really had a stable life. And, yeah. And the only way, and the only way I could have some sort of life was to play football. Yeah. And you know. Um, Otherwise, I'd, I would have been one of those guys that probably didn't know where I'd be now if I didn't yeah, play yeah, for yeah. Um, That's why I look at the guys like young Sydney stacking it. I just worry about them because, yeah, you know, there's there's no real um, stability there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I got my, that's why I started my own foundation over here. Um, I got the oh, neighbouring foundation where we mentor Aboriginal kids. In oh, awesome. employment, culture, education, yeah, um, yeah and, and sport. So, yeah. yeah, once that starts getting up running after this COVID sort of, um, <laughs> yeah, sort of, yeah. you know, sort, sort that out, I think we can really start doing some good work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just let us know. Um, we're, give, it, give it a shout out. And, um, yeah, I'll definitely... Um, retweet it and I'll do what I can to help you out with that. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a really noble cause that you're giving back to yeah, people and, yeah, like you said, um, yeah, you, we've always had those uh, Sydney stacks that um, that can get lost in the system quite quickly. An extremely talented footballer, but um, you, you don't know where his head's at at the moment. So, do you feel no, like... The... Just... Yeah, go on. Sorry? Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, just... He's the sort of kid that, you know, if... He has, like... Like I, I, um, um, I mean the thing what he did the other day, I don't, I don't see that. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't do something like that. <laughs> but no, it's very because he, he lives his life on the edge, though, that, and that's yeah. what he's been doing practically all his life. Yeah, you know, he, as a kid, he would have been jumping off bridges and doing stuff that's just no one else would do. Yeah, and that's yeah. What, and that's what and that's what sets him apart on the footy field too, because he's got no fear. He doesn't care. Yeah. Like he'll do anything to get the ball. Yeah. 
And I reckon kids like Dusty Martin are the same. Yeah. You know, those kids that have had real tough bring upbringings, they, they're the ones that you see on the footy field that really go to that next level. Yeah, 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 definitely. Probably, 100%. probably got bipolar like um, Greg Inglis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, if you, you know, you've got to get kids like him and, and, and make sure that once he once he finishes a game, he he can own his own home and, and come back here or live in wherever he's living and, and enjoy life, you know. But Yeah, yeah. There's, there's too many of those boys like, you know, Chris Aarons and that, that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison, actually. Yeah, you know, Chris Aaron's in jail now. Yeah, yeah, I I, I did uh, read that um, probably I think it was a few months ago or something like that that he did end up there, which is which is quite sad. Who was another, like you said, talented footballer who just um, yeah got lost, you know, in the in with the wrong crowd and in the wrong way. Probably, and uh, yeah, go. On. It's more it's more probably to do with. Um, trying to adapt to a new a new system and a new way of life. Yeah. Because if you the problem is you got these kids that are really um, what they call it obligated to family. Yeah. And a lot of the and a lot of the family if you're if you're doing well for yourself and 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 you know the, the family is still um, struggling or or you know they'll 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 go oh you think you're too good for us you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not they don't really go. Oh, well, you're doing well, you know. Well done, good stuff. You know, I hope you, you know, one yeah. day they got to realize one day that this young bloke will come back and will start helping his young youth, the youth out. But yeah, yeah, might have been too much pressure on him. Yeah, and that that can sometimes happen. Yeah. It's uh, like you said, um, you know, it's good to play with that fear. Yeah, you know, we don't have that fear, but um, you got to use it the right way. Like um, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to be smart about these things and. Uh, Sometimes, uh, yeah, it's uh, you, people, yeah, make bad decisions and bad choices, and all it takes is one wrong choice, and you know, it's yeah, it could be you could be in a bit of trouble, couldn't you? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, don't worry, I've been there. Oh, look, I think we've all been there. Uh, we've all learned and become better for it at the end of the day. You know, yeah, we've sure, yeah. lessons, and we want to pass those lessons on to our kids. You've you've obviously got a young family now, so yeah, you want to. You want to learn from. Um, you want to teach them uh, how to go about life in the right way. So, yeah. Um, I mean, talking about like go back, going back to your career, you seem to have a lot of confidence. Is it just you? You play without fear. You didn't. You didn't um, like if you, you know, like you got the ball and seemed to back yourself in and play the game on instinct. Um, is that just something that was in yourself? I don't know. Like it's hard to explain because. Yeah. Um, I think I played like that as a junior as well. Like. I think it comes from, I believe it comes from, I don't know um, about you, but when I was a kid, we played, like I, I didn't have, so we didn't play footy. I, I didn't play footy on the weekends because no. I come from a back, I come from a background of um, family used to love go out and going out bush on weekends. Yeah, right. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play footy on weekends. I played footy from Monday to Friday. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's a bit <laughs> so, different. Isn't it? Yeah. So we didn't play footy on the weekends because, and then when I, because I lived in Pinsley for a bit, and then when we went to Narragin, when I was in Narragin, we used to play footy from Monday to Friday and then yeah. have the weekends off. Oh, okay. But then, then I got asked to play football and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, because my uncles were, my uncles were um, um, pretty good footballers and they used to encourage me to go and play and, 
Yeah. And they said, oh, you can, you can, you can actually make some good money out of this now. You can get a good job, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Because <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't, because we, you know, from where I grew up, um, our family would would have been, you know, they, when I grew up and when I was born, mm. most of our families used to live on reserves. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and, and that the period was just as we, you know, sort of. Um, families were starting to live in town. Yeah. So, you know, we weren't seen as people who, you know, our country towns are racist towns, man. They, yeah. Yeah. Very racist. Yeah, right. And, um, so we, so our families used to say to us, like even my dad used to say to me, don't worry about getting a job. Don't worry about going to school. We said, go get, we'll get a job while I'm hay carting or driving trucks or something like that. Yeah. He said, "Cause he said school's no good for you." I was no, like, okay. "Yeah," <laughs> but that was yeah. that was what we were told, you know, back in those yeah. days. Yeah, they yeah. Would, so, because they would say to us, you know, there's heaps of work on the farms and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and um, um, because um, when you went to school, you were treated poorly. Yeah. Um, yeah. By, by some teachers and. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember a teacher actually saying to me once when I was in Narragin High School, she, she really cared about, cared about me and, and, and wanted me to do well in school. Yeah. And she got angry with me once. She, pulled, she pushed the desk up against my chest and she said, what are you going to do when you leave school? And I just said, I'm going to play football. Yeah, right. What did she say gonna, to that? I'm going to play footy. And, I, yeah. and, and apparently, um, and apparently the, the school said, Ah, oh, this kid's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to, you know, do anything with his life and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then, and then when I made the AFL, we stuck they stuck a photo of me up on their wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. But probably um, anyway. it gave you a little, little bit of a spur to actually go and yeah, do something with your life. You know, to prove people wrong. Maybe do you think that um, played a part in making maybe proving people wrong that you wanted to go to play football? Oh, look, my my family are poor, mate. I wanted to help my family. And I just yeah. wanted to help them, you know, um, any way I could, because it was yeah. it was hard, you know. To I remember my mum, you know, we lived in state housing, and she'd she'd be going to get food vouchers and you know, oh, right, yeah. yeah, all that sort of stuff, you know, because she was she was part of the stolen generation, and they, you know, all of her family, mate. Um, I've met I've met um, cousins of mine. They didn't know who their brothers were. No, oh, right, really. Yeah. I, re- I remember well. a story of, of my cousin. He was fifteen. He was fifteen years old. Yeah. And um, he knocked on a door. When he opened the door, he said, "Oh, hello." And he didn't even know he was talking to his brother. Oh, right. Wow. Didn't even. That's, didn't even, that's didn't amazing. Know, they didn't even know each other. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So yeah, it's a bit. Uh, yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, you grew up in very different times to ninety-nine percent of the people that. Um, grow up with normal childhoods, I suppose. So it's probably uh, put you into the man that you are today and, you know, you know, a loving father and, you know, just trying to give back to the, you know, to your foundation now to, to you know, to Indigenous people as well, which is, um, yeah, which is which is a great thing too. So it's... Um, yeah, so we, we also run a netball club that has about 100 kids. You know, 90, 95% of those kids are Aboriginal. No, oh, right. Uh, well, so... Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we um, we actually we had it. It was our first year last year, and, yeah. and the kids the kids did so well. Uh, it was oh, awesome. good. No, but these other people, you know, there's 
we we push we want other people to come play for our club we got we got non-indigenous kids playing we got um kiwi kids playing nice but most of our yeah it's it's good it's actually a really good environment yeah um, oh, nice. but yeah footies um probably help help me yeah, be yeah. able to do all stuff you know yeah, oh, definitely, probably has. Yeah, it's probably um, it's probably giving you the confidence in life generally. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mate, yeah. yeah. Just um, yeah, just on the football. Uh, while we're on it, uh, what are some of your career highlights? You played over a hundred AFL games, so there must have been a few. Oh yeah, playing nine finals, playing in. I said, yeah. you know, I played in two, two um, night grand finals. Won one of them. Played two grand finals. Played one of them. Won one of them. Yeah. Um. It, there's nothing better than doing that, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, winning winning a premiership, um, which we probably should have won two of them, to be honest. <laughs> oh, we don't want to talk about the the one we didn't win. So, we'll... <laughs> yeah, that was that was a tough one, that one. But um, yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. You still got um, we still got two grand finals and one out of two ain't bad. I mean, you sort of like I always say to people, um, being an all supporter, I said, oh, I think if Essendon won the '99 pre-win final. I think they might have even beaten us because, yeah, they were, they were um, going in uh, very good form into the finals, whereas 98, we, we let it slip. So it balanced out a bit for us. So I'll take... Uh, uh, I'll, I think, I'll, I think, yeah, I think we would have still beat them. Oh, you're right? Oh, well, I like the confidence. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's... Uh, I think I remember... Um, I remember Dean Rioli come, yeah, yeah, I remember Dean Rioli coming up to me the night of that... The night we, the day we won the premiership. I ran into him at the, at the club. Oh, and he goes, oh, he goes. Oh, if we would have made it, he said, we would have beat you. And yeah. I said, I just, I just grabbed the medal out from under my shirt and showed it to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, I can't answer that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's all right. Yeah, so, um, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, mark of the year was good. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, um, I enjoyed my time in Melbourne. Um, you know, you played footy with with um, some some great players. And, yeah. and uh, met some great people. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was really, you know, really a positive. I think I spent about six years in Melbourne, six yeah. or seven years. Oh, all right, yeah. Um, but I played, played 110 games. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, you've had a fair career and given uh, plenty of joy to support us. So we'll go back to the mark of the year. Just talk us through that. Obviously, in Canberra, I remember it vividly. Um, just talk us through uh, ten seconds before um, you ended up taking a mark of the year, and yeah, a very good mark. I, I, um, when I, I suppose I look at it. My kids look at it, and then, and I, and I, I was about fifty meters or thirty or forty meters away from um, where Wayne Kerry, from what's his name, Brendan Lade, when I when he when he kicked the ball in the air. Yeah, I had to really sprint to get to to where he was. Oh, okay. And um, and and all I did was jump. I didn't even have any intentions of um taking a scream. There was no like thought process in 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 jumping on someone's shoulders. But when I jumped, I think I was in the air for a bit, and then I just felt someone yeah. underneath me. And it's yeah. like, wow. And then then the balls. When I looked, when when I looked, I had my eye on the ball away. But when I, it just got to me too really quick. Yeah, and it just stuck. It just stuck. It was difficult, Mark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. It was. It, was, it just. It just changed direction in the air. Yeah. I reckon yeah. it didn't change direction in the air. I would have been miles away from the ball. 
Yeah, was it a bit windy that day? It would look stupid, I reckon. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times have uh, players tried to take marks and they just look silly, you know, gone, you know, yeah. broken their neck and stuff like that. So, you, I mean, at the end of the day, you had to try it. So, and uh, was it a bit windy that day? Is that why the ball ended up in your hands? Like it sort of swirled a bit? Yeah, Dak was kicking for goal, I guarantee. Yeah, yeah, that's no right. Way. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, it, and it was, and it was, and it was heading towards the goals, and then, and it got sort of to a certain height in the end, and and then it. And the ball just moved, yeah. And, it, and I was just like, um, I think that's what made me jump. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. fact that it actually it actually started to come towards me. Yeah. So I reckon if it if it had kept going towards the goals, I wouldn't have jumped. Yeah. Right. Okay. Funny yeah. story. Funny story about that, Mark. Though, um, I used to play footy with a guy, um, a mate of mine. He he, he lived in Canberra. Yeah, and he was from Canberra, and he came across to play for the Perth Demons. Oh, right. And I ran into him. I ran into him that morning. Yeah, um, and I, I was because I was um, on the oval walking around, and him and his sister, I think it was, or maybe yeah, he was him and his sister. Yeah, they came up to me, and I started talking to him, and he goes, he goes, when you do something special today, and yeah. I was like. I said, yeah, I'll try. I'll have a crack today. <laughs> well, you did something special, all right? So, yeah, no, it's, it's not bad. Oh, I think most things you did, you did um, a few really good highlights. I mean, there's a uh, goal against Collingwood out of, the, out of the square, pretty much, where you got around a couple of players. Oh, and, yeah. 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 Was, that on, was, was that on the left foot as well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's not bad on your left. Well, you kicked it about 50. You used to kick it about 50 metres on your opposite foot, which you don't see too many uh, players no. doing these days. So, yeah, I don't I, know whether they... I don't know whether because I mean you think about the footy these days they don't they don't practice kicking long. Nah, nah. They kick short. It's a very different short, game. Yeah. yeah, they kick short a lot. You know yeah, they don't yeah. kick to fifty fifty anymore. They um, only only sometimes they'll do it. Yeah, but yeah. They'd rather that precise precise possession and then and then and then try and score from that. You know, so they can defend. Yeah, I, I think that's what it comes down to. A lot of teams are looking, uh, yeah, like more. Scoring uh, goals through transition, like trying to get the rebound, you know, intercept uh, yeah. in the back half and then try and run uh, from there. Uh, how, like, we'll just talk about that. How do you think it would go in today's game, like you feel playing today? Yeah, but, yeah oh, look, I think I think this game would actually suit me more than... Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it, it probably would have suited me more than, um, than the old style because yeah. a lot of the times, like North Melbourne's game style... Um, I think if you if you ever get any videos of of the game, I was free a lot. Yeah, but because we're because we're a team that kick long, and always kick to a certain position. Yeah, and even even um, you know our players never use the ball by hand as well as other teams. Yeah, like, you know it was just our. I mean North Melbourne was just the way that they used to run out games and and pressure and. And crash and bash that actually won games for North. But I reckon yeah. Essendon, I reckon teams like Essendon and St Kilda and all that were a lot more talented, a lot more um, intelligent footballers. Yeah. Then, you know, but we just, North Melbourne just used to, you know, you had Anthony Stevens and Duck and all those sort of blokes, Glenn Archer and that, David King, Mick Martin, you yeah. know, they used to just do their job week in, week out. And we used to be like the ones that, you know, if you're in the right position, you, you can score a few goals and help the team out. Yeah, well, definitely, probably 
Yeah, I mean, but looking back on that era, we're definitely one of the strongest teams. Like physically, I think we we're quite imposing. Like in yeah. the midfield, you know, had Anthony Rock, you had Anthony Stevens, then you had in the back line Glenn Archie, Mick Martin, up forward Carey, very intimidating, imposing uh, player. So you you had all your lines covered, didn't you? Really, and then yeah, I we also had yeah, go on. I think if we had, I think that's what the midfield was where we lacked. I reckon. Yeah. If we had, if we had a better midfield, I mean. Just say if Buckley would have come across the north. Yeah, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> you know, if you had seriously, if you had North, if you, I, I, I believe if if North Melbourne would have picked him up, yeah, I reckon I reckon ninety seven, ninety eight probably could have been two wins, could have been yeah, four yeah. championships in a row. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, Buckley had a, a good career into the two thousands, and uh, yeah, you, you might have even two thousand, two thousand one. Who knows? Um, before the whole carry thing happened, but um, yeah, it might have still even been a chance there he to. Was, he, was, he was a big man too. He was big. You know? Yeah, carry. Yeah. No, um, Buckley. Oh, Buckley. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was about one eighty. He would have looked or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, he was. Um, yeah, it was a lot of what ifs, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, yeah, oh, look, oh. we're still happy with uh, a couple of premierships in the nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's better than nothing. So, you know, like, um, there's a lot of oh, teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, win a premiership. Oh, look, and, and I don't, you know, I don't expect, you know, like uh, North Melbourne to win premierships every year. It's very hard to win premierships. But if you can, like, ideally, you want to, you know, build a team to, you know, get to the top four and it, or top six, and then anything can happen from there. But um, if you've got a fun team with a lot of fun players like yourself back in the 90s, it, it made football a joy to watch. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was, yeah, obviously enjoyed uh, players like yourself, um, you know, just with that flair um, that pl- you played with uh, on instinct. Like I remember that 99 grand final where you, you're running into an open goal and, or something, you could have just kicked it, but you've done a nice little balk and then kicked it on your left foot. Um, <laughs> it's just, I, I just enjoyed that sort of thing. Like, I just, yeah, it was just, uh, think, made the game I a think, bit more. Um, yeah, I think those sort of things, like, I remember Jared Neesham used to, he had this, um, he, he said this to me one day, he said, he said, he said to me, you're one of those blokes that um, can open that door and no one else can open. Yeah right, and and I was I was like, what do you think? What are you saying? He said, he said when you, he said when you grab the ball, he said sometimes you don't actually think about what you're doing. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, it, it just happens. You know, and sometimes everything else just slows down around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, mean, things like that. Yeah, that's exactly how it feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It just felt like like even like talking about it now. It just felt like you had more time on the ball than. You look at other players look rushed where you looked uh, always look composed and you felt I felt like you always had an extra extra second or two um to get rid of the ball and yeah I'm not yeah I'm not too sure where that came from or whether you were just <laughs> karma or yeah yeah so I got I got two sons as well one I got a 16 year old son he's um, oh, wow. he, he's a pretty good footballer but he's about he's about six foot tall now yeah and my oldest son is twenty one. Oh. He's six foot five. Oh right, well, jeez. Both yeah, good yeah. players, but yeah. Sorry? No, no. I was going to say, um, I'm not too sure where they get the height from. You went that tall, way. Oh no, no. <laughs> my wife, my wife, her like, dad was over six oh, foot. Okay. He was about six five, I think. So yeah, yeah. From that side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the same as my kids. They're they're quite tall for 
their their age and that I'm definitely not tall. I'm only 176 centimetres, but um, yeah, my yeah, daughter's wow. seven, she's almost she's almost uh, almost as tall as me at the moment. So yeah, no, it's, uh, how old is she? Uh, ten, ten oh, years wow. old. Yeah, she's got a bit of height on her, so it definitely doesn't get it from me. So, yeah. so we'll get back to your career. So things are going pretty well. Um, and in 2001, it all, it all changes. Um, you got that uh, knock against from James Heard in against in round one against Essendon. Um, it looked like just a little bit of a corked cork thigh um, to me. Like I was at the game and I just thought, oh, you might, you might come back on or something like that. But that was that was your last game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, I shouldn't have played. Okay. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have played that game. Um, but yeah. you know, because and and it, and it all goes back to the preseason, the preseason. Because yeah. um, when I was doing preseason that year, I think I think that was the best preseason I'd ever had. Oh right. Okay. Uh, and it was it was start of I reckon it would have been a start of something good because that year, that two thousand and one, I reckon that was the fittest I ever was ever yeah. since I've been. Oh, and, okay. Um, and I trained, I trained with a, um, a a knee problem. I did the whole preseason with a knee knee issue. So I'm okay. telling, I'm telling the physios and the doctors and Pogo and all those guys. I said, no, nah. I said there's something wrong with my knee, man. I said I can't, I can't put it down to something. In it, you know, yeah. it's not normal. It wasn't normal. Um, yeah. So what happened? What happened was, um, um, we got to pre-season and I just trained the house down but there's this niggling thing in my knee it was like someone was sticking a knife right in my knee oh, and, right. and it was you know but I, but I could get through it but then yeah. and then I told Pega I said mate I said something wrong with my knee man I said it's it's, it's annoying me you know like I and then yeah. and he goes oh you can train with you can train with pain can't you but what happened was <laughs> yeah. so seriously what happened was um um after I did after I did my knee that night at NCG, I, I went to a physician about you know to see about my knee. When he went yeah. in there, I had a hole in my bone. Yeah, oh wow! I had a hole in the bone in my knee, and so after that game um, against Essendon, um, I'd gone. So I hadn't done any. So what happened is when I finished, not finished that season, but it was two, two or three weeks after, maybe even that next day. I think I went and seen. Um, Harry, the doctor, my yeah. whole leg, my whole leg from my top of my knee down was full of fluid. Yeah, right. I could not, I could not bend my knee. Jesus. And, when, and then when he went in to drain it, he, he said, I would just drain the fluid out. So mm. when he gone in to drain the fluid out, drain, we, we put a needle in there, drain, filled the whole tube up. Mm. And then he goes, filled another tube up. Jeez. And these tubes were, these tubes were huge. He goes, yeah. um, I think there's something wrong here. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so, then, so, then, so then I went and saw the, the um, knee, knee um, specialist. Yeah. And he said, he said you got a hole in the bone. Yeah, right. And you need to have this op- certain operation. And I'd had, about, I'd had about three or four operations, I think, that in the space of two months, two or three months. Wow. Because they, 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 they said to me, you probably won't play footy again. Oh right, so I told you there and then. That pretty much yeah. the AFL career is over with. Yeah. Because it was one of those, it was one of those operations where they had to put, um, they had to take cartilage out of my knee, out of my shin, and grow oh, it. Right. Yeah. And they grew it for about three or four weeks. And yeah. then, um, then they put that 
cartilage back in where the bone is, yeah, where the bone, where the hole was. And yeah. then what they did, what they did was they they filled that um, where the knee is. They filled that up with some sort of glue and and they covered it over with a, like an aluminium. Oh wow! Um, okay. Certain aluminium thing, and then and then uh, I had. I had, um, I think it was twelve weeks on crutches. No, I was, I was actually twelve weeks bedridden, oh, wow. and then and then six six to twelve weeks on crutches. Yeah, jeez. So were you in uh, Melbourne when all this happened, or were yeah. you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I could. Have, I, I, I suppose I probably could have come back and played footy, but at, yeah. at that time, at that time, um, I just felt like no one, no one supported me. Okay. Else. I yeah, right. No one. I just had no support. No one. No one. You know, I was. I was at home, man. Seriously, I was at home for twelve weeks. Yeah. The only bloke that came and visited me now and then was Anthony Stevens, probably once. Probably once yeah. in, I don't know how long. Yeah. And um. Yeah. And every time I'd go training, you know, I'd be standing on the side with crutches, couldn't do fuck all. Yeah. Um, right. Sorry about that, but um. No, I couldn't, no. do, nothing. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. do nothing, and 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 the boys were always asking, "When you coming back? When you coming back?" Yeah, I said, okay. I said, man, I don't think I'll be playing footy this year. Yeah, and it just got, it just got to me, and I, at the end of that year, yeah. I said, yeah. at the end of that year, I said, no, I'm going home. Oh, okay, so I come, come back here. Yeah, fair enough. Knew, club... knew, you know, it just put me off that no one, yeah. there was no support from the club. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's actually really disappointing because obviously, yeah, I mean. There was no social media back then or anything like that, so you'd only hear through, you know, uh, I think it was big footy uh, uh, blog, blogs and stuff like that, what was going on, because you sort of – it felt like you just disappeared off the face of the earth. We didn't know how bad your knee injury was. Um, and, yeah, obviously it got uh, really serious by the looks of it and you couldn't move. And it's it's probably – yeah, I mean, obviously your mental health would have been suffering just um, sitting on crutches and, you know, sitting on a bed for 12 weeks. Like you would have been struggling mentally and – it would have been nice to get it. I mean, obviously, things are a bit different 20 years on now. Like, um, yeah, mental health is very different now. But, um, yeah, it was obviously – yeah, it's obviously – it obviously affected you. And, um, yeah, are you sort of, like, looking back on it now? Are you comfortable with um, that decision, like, uh, just going home and, like, just having enough of, uh, of AFL and North Melbourne in general? Um, yeah, you put down on it. It put a damper on. Like, I don't go back yeah. to the reunions anymore. Oh, okay. So I you just, just, I just, yeah, I just, I'll say hello to the boys now if I see them, but you know, it just, it just put a damper on on what could have been, um, and and they and they probably think that I'd I'd walked out because I didn't want to be there anymore. No but yeah, okay. I just I just left because there was no support. There was no, yeah. you know, not even from. I stayed. I stayed home for, like I said, I was bedridden for twelve weeks. Yeah. Know, six to twelve weeks on crutches, and you know, I just felt that I was left to my own, and not. Yeah. Uh, and I just went. I said, "Misses us now." I said, "I can't do this no more." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. even, even yeah. when I came out, of, even when I, even when I came out of the operation, um, yeah, I said to myself, "This is the last time I'm doing this." Yeah, okay. Because I'd had a heap of operations um, yeah. in 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 the time, like, um, with injuries through footy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I didn't get even 99, you know, I struggled through that year with um, stress fractures in my foot. 
I get injections. I think I got injections for the last. I think it was round four, round four against the Eagles when we played up in Sydney. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah, I had a good first half. I kicked four goals in the first half, and then, and then there was a there was a contest on the boundary, and and I and I'd fallen over. Man, Bluey McKenna, and and I was on the ground, and my foot was sort of vertical, like flat on the ground. He uh-huh. come along, and he come along and just tread right on my foot. Oh, right. On purpose or? I did it on purpose. Yeah. I did it on purpose. And that's why I said to him, I said, I said, Bluey, of all people, I said, I didn't think you'd do that. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty And it just just fractured my, you know, the bones in your foot. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I struggled with that for the whole, for the rest of the season, I reckon, until the finals. And I just never really could play my, the footy that I played the year before. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that makes sense too. If you're constantly in pain, obviously it would have affected your training, which probably would have affected, um, you know, cardio issues and your fitness and stuff like that. And you're probably getting cortisone injections, which is, you know, not the greatest thing you want to do to get in your foot. But, um, yeah, but back then, that's how it was managed really, wasn't it? Like, uh, I think this day and age with sports science, it's, um, it's very different. Whereas back then it was like, oh, well, if you got uh, if you got an injury, well, you just got to try and find a way to play through it, don't you? <laughs> I remember Pago saying to me, I think it was it was after the '98 Anzac Cup, we won that, and yeah. and on the Monday, I think it was a Monday, yeah. could have been Sunday, could have been Sunday morning. We we'd gone down to do a recovery session, yeah. and um, and and the physio said to me, just walk some laps, because I had this big I had this big bruise on my hip, man, it was massive. And, okay. I was, and I was killing me, you know, like I couldn't. So I started walking laps with Steve-O and all that. And Pago, Pago calls me over and he goes, he goes, um, he goes, when he, if your leg's not broken, he said, you're training. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> very, very hard to call, wasn't he? Oh, it was tough. Yeah, I, was like, yeah. I was like, are you serious? And I thought, no, nah, yeah, okay then. So I did it. Yeah, yeah. You kind of put on the spot, weren't you? You probably... You're probably thinking, oh, if I don't do it, then I'll probably won't play on the weekend, or you know, won't get it. Yeah, you just did. You just did what you were told, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was no, there's no pushback, but um, there's a lot lot more power to the players these days, which is, which is good to hear. I mean, it worked for Dennis Pagan and and their success, but um, oh, he's toughing you out. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I think you needed, you needed that sort of toughness to to um, to play in that team, to play finals, to you know. Yeah. Playing friendships, you got to you got to be tough. Oh yeah, back in that day, you you definitely have to be tough. I think there's a bit more understanding that um, it's not just um, coaching on a on a Saturday. It's you know coaching p- people and um, yeah, like uh, actually having relationships with um, players as well. I think that's just as important, if not more important, than actually what they do on a Saturday and and so forth. And but um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, um, it worked for it worked for Dennis and North Melbourne Football Club back then, but uh, you definitely wouldn't be able to get away with it these days. Um, just um, on your knee, how is it today? Yeah, it's not too bad. I I can still walk and play golf and do all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 was, I actually played, I played a bit of, bit of mixed nipple. Um, oh, nice! Last year, so I feel right. I can still jump high, and um, yeah. surprisingly, I can still do that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh, I don't think that uh, that sort of never leaves you, does it? That um, that vertical leap and uh, did you, did you taking any uh, screamers or anything like that in mixed nipple? Or? 
No, no, no. Just uh, yeah, just trying. Yeah, so my daughter, my daughter, my daughter plays up the other end. She's, I'll play in defence. She plays. She's a shooter. Oh, that's it's that's unusual. Fun. I thought it would have been opposite. No, I can't shoot. As a shooter in netball, it's not as easy as what it looks like. Oh, no. to, to shoot yeah. goals, you got to be, you got to have, um, you know, it's not like a basketball ring. You can, you nah. got the backboard to help you, but this netball, you got to be accurate. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's got to go straight into the ring. Whereas with, because uh, I, I played a little bit of basketball and then I tried netball and then nothing, nothing was even close. Like the technique's very different. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's not like shooting a basketball. You shoot uh, from the chest up to up above your eyes. It's um, yeah, you keep the ball. Yeah, very different in netball, I should say. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, do you still um, do you still follow the club in any way now, or are you sort of still a bit bitter about uh, how it all how it all ended? And yeah, no, I still follow. I still follow the players and, and and the club now. I I um, I still barrack for them. Um, yeah, that's good. You know, yeah. I think I think at the end of the day. Um, you know, you, you still got to be appreciate what what yeah. um, club done for you, and um, you know, I think to be honest with you, I think the club done a lot more good for me than than uh, than the, anything that was negative. Yeah, and I suppose it's been twenty odd years now, and so you can't um, can't live uh, with that sort of uh, bitter bitterness uh, too long, as you'd know, because it uh, does weigh your energy now. And it, Weigh your energy down and and so forth like that. So obviously a lot of things have moved on. I had uh, I Troy Makepeace on um, a while ago now, and he sort of um, he was a bit disappointed how he left the club. But uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't live in uh, he doesn't uh, yeah live in disappointment. Yeah, or with, yeah, 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 no, he's a good, good fellow, Makey. Yeah, I know, very very good fella and a, a very good footballer too. So yeah, yeah, yeah he was uh, very good back in the day. So you've touched on this a little bit. So I'll go to the last question. You touched on this a little bit. Um, what are you doing to keep yourself uh, busy these days? Like obviously you've got your foundation and work and family. Is that uh, that that'll obviously take up a lot of your time, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty busy. Um, so I got I work for the government in the Department of Communities. Um, nice. I, I um so we had a we have our netball club that we run. We have um my my youngest bloke plays golf. Yep. So Oh nice. He, What's he off? He's, he's a brilliant footballer, but he plays off five at the moment. Oh Jesus. That's not bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's not bad at golf. Um yeah. the older bloke, the, my older son was um he got offered a scholarship in in Texas, at Odessa, oh, for wow. golf. Oh, wow. He was, he was a good golfer. He got his handicap to plus one. Oh, Jesus. That's... There's your handicap. The lowest I got to was four. Oh, um, Jesus. Even that's really good. So, yeah. yeah it's so... in, in the family that you'll have, to, you'll have to teach me how to play golf because <laughs> I'm off about 20, but I could never get off. Like, I don't know how players do it, like four or five. And... Yeah. Oh, you just got to practice your short game. Once it, once yeah, oh, that's where 70% of it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You just got to, like I was told to practice your chipping and putting, chipping and putting. Yeah. If you can hit a drive, if you, if you can hit a ball okay, yeah. your, your chipping and putting is going to save you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I couldn't and agree more. Have, and then you'll have a day where you'll hit your drives perfect and then, then you'll shoot a good score. Yeah. I think. But it's, yeah, it's make really it sound so simple, Winnie. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing complicated. It's just so simple. Like, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I like the attitude. 
when you have kids like Gary, my youngest bloke, he he hits a three iron probably two sixty meters. Oh Jesus! I can't even hit my driver anywhere near that. So yeah, that's uh, that's not bad. There's two drivers for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and the rest for me too. So yeah, no, it's, it's oh, not man. bad. Some yeah, of the kids, yeah. some of the kids, like I mean, he he's, he hits a ball a long way, long. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> if he's hitting his uh, three on two sixty meters, I can only imagine how far he hits his drivers. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it's on a good day. On, on a good day, though. Like if you yeah. if you hit a, you know, yeah. But a good, yeah. So hopefully he plays footy day. Oh, you want him to get into football, there? Yeah, he's, he was selected for the Perth Colts this year, but no, nice. it's just yeah. I just just think he's too young. He's only sixteen. Oh right, okay. He's got another two years before draft year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we can't get him father son either, can we? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I think, yeah. I, think, I think I think the doctors have got their eye on him. Oh yeah, those um, yeah, probably, yeah, because because so. he's with the he's with the Fremantle Dockers Academy. The, the, yeah, yeah, that's what. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if he stays there, he'll probably get hopefully get in there. No, nice. stay home, stay home. Yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, yeah, that'll be nice for you. But uh, he might want to go to Melbourne. So yeah, yeah. we'll uh, we'll see how we go. Well, anyways, uh, Winnie, uh, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, after, yeah, I mean, I speak on behalf of uh, a lot of North supporters that you brought us a lot of joy and uh, excitement to watch your North games in the nineties, and uh, yeah, definitely bringing that uh, mark of the year definitely uh, was a special moment. So yeah, I'm glad to hear you that uh, you're doing well in life, and um, yeah, you're giving back to the community. It's been it's been a great chat, uh, Winston, and uh, yeah, if I ever get down to Perth, um, yeah, I'll. I'll um, I'll uh, have a hit of golf with you, so that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Thanks, Dean. Yeah. No, no, it's been a pleasure, mate. Uh, you take it easy, and uh, hopefully we'll chat again soon. Yeah, no worries, mate. Thank you very much.